Hey, did you guys know at the 84 Olympics there was a problem with one of the competition swimming pools, so they filled up the joystick holder on the 5200 and used that instead? Arcade players, get ready. The new Atari 5200 Super System is here. With a controller so advanced, it plays arcade. Graphics so real, it looks arcade. With arcade hits, you can't play on any other system. No other home video system can touch it. The new Atari 5200 Super System. It's as good as you are. Maybe even better. Next time. The Atari 5200 Super Podcast. Good afternoon from uh, the West Coast here, Captain Bob checking in, and today we are going to be playing both the 2600 and 5200 version of River Raid, and today I brought in a ga uh, guest gamer, uh, he's my buddy Ryan, I've known him for over uh, well over 20 years and everything, and uh, his gaming experience goes way back, and he continues to be a, uh, a pretty avid gamer, so without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to him and uh, have him introduce himself. Cool. Hello everyone. Um, let's see. Been uh, gaming for obviously a long time. I uh, started with the original Pong, had a 2600, all the Commodore machines, mostly PC gaming these days, but uh, I own a couple arcade machines and look, looking to buy a few new ones and do some restoration. And uh, looking forward to playing some River Raid today. Awesome. All right. So there you go. We're going to play River Raid and uh, also uh, another little guest here. It's uh, my daughter. She, uh, she wants to say hi to everybody, so uh, watch hi, out. Hello. There you go. We're still working on our interview skills, so... This, this is it! <laughs> Alright, we'll tell you what. We'll check in uh, with, uh, with everybody later, and uh, right now we're just going to start playing the game. So, uh, hope you guys all enjoy it, and here we go. Alright folks, first up is going to be the 2600 version of River Raid. Ryan's going to take this one and uh, take it away, Ryan. You know, I should have asked, you, you know the basic control layout and everything else, right? Hope so. Okay. <laughs> oh, bummer. A little, a little rusty. Good job, Uncle Ryan. There you go. <laughs> oh. Throttle, throttle control is, is yeah. If you... Okay, he destroyed both of the boards now. You know you oh. got to have your head on a swivel when you're in a, you know. Anyways, um, what did you say? It's okay. Don't worry. Oh, good job. Good, good, good. Did this game ever end? No. Yeah, it does end when you run out of. Wow, twenty-four fifty. <laughs> 
right. Been a long time. That's all right. Well, that's that's why we brought you in. So. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. All right, my turn. Let's see how we do. Okay, come on. Earlier buddy. I was doing, I was I was rolling pretty good. I think I got up to about 24,000 points. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right out of the gate. Yes. Well, this is this is like me and Pac-Man. I mean, you can... Pac-Man! You know, you, you, can, you can survive a long time if you're not greedy. But once you, once you start getting greedy and... Well, remember Clyde the bad pack, the bad ghost? He's the fastest and the smartest and the best. Well, what, what, and what's his name? Clyde. Very good. I do not like right. Clyde, and I do not like Pinky either. Okay. <laughs> well, Pinky, even though Pinky uh, hold is on, my hold favorite on. color. Hold on, Dad's got to refuel. Dad can throttle up. Whoa! Dad's higher than Uncle Ryan. Nice. Pretty good. Um, I'm hanging in there. Woo, you need a refuel, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, Dad, oh, he's those, lost his life. Those jets that come in from the side, they're just... Oh, I don't er. like those dusty boo-boos. Oh, shit. And goofing. And goofing, Come on, let's go. All right, let's see what we can do here. Hey, Ryan, you want a kid? No. <laughs> yes, Ryan wants a kid. Uh, yeah. So much. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, one little hint, if it looks like things are getting tight uh, on the end of uh, one of the waves, uh, you, you progress by blasting the uh, bridge. If it looks like you're not going to be able to uh, get the bridge, or get through, I should say, uh, blast the bridge, at least you'll start at the, at the next level up. Now, this becomes problematic in the 5200, which we'll get to here in just a little bit, but... All right. Dad, you're running out of fuel. Yeah, I am running out of fuel, so got to be careful not to blast that. All right. So, anyways, uh, that was uh, Ryan's turn at and my turn at uh, the 2600 version of River Raid. It uh, kind of just keeps the same. Uh, it be the, the the difficulty does go up over time uh, as as you progress down the river. Um, channels get narrower and everything else, but uh, other than that, uh, it's it's a great game. Never loses any challenge. And uh, so far, so good. Right now, we're going to go towards the... Uh, right now, we're going to try the uh, 5200, and we're going to see how that goes. All right, uh, we got the 5200 fired up. Uh, got my Atari Max in. Uh, I actually have the original River Raid for the 5200 in, in the box. And it's one of those weird things where I have no idea. I don't remember buying this. I don't remember having this given to me or anything else. But somehow, in my collection, when my dad gave it to me after having it in storage for uh, almost 30 years, here's River Raid in the box. And I'm like, wow, didn't I, th I thought I had the 2600. I know, exciting, isn't it? Everybody's a critic today. So today we're firing up uh, the 5200 version of this. And... <laughs> and we're going to see how uh, how long we can uh, survive the 5200 and how long it takes for me to get my daughter down for a nap. Okay, so here we go. we got uh, the 5200 uh, version all spooled up and ready to rock and roll here. Ryan's going to go first, then me. And what we're going to do is we're going to play it uh, 
as uh, one of our listeners has just uh, noted on the Facebook page, Wiccos, you're cheating. Yes, we are, a little bit. So we're going to play with the Wiccos first, and then we're going to take it to um, to the original controllers and just kind of see how controls work and everything else. Gameplay is basically the same, but there are a few added elements. So here we go. All right, ready? Mm -hmm. Let's do this thing. All right. Here we go. I'm awesome. And <laughs> That, that was a perfect example of where you could have could have blasted the bridge and would have been would have been sweet. The added element of the balloons on this are pretty pretty good. Uh, they move at about half speed of everything else. Oh, oh. jets! Is that it? All right, that's, that's it. That's my play. Fifty-two ten. Ain't too bad. <laughs> First time in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I had this stuff. You can come over any time. I've been busy. <laughs> uh, see, right there, that would have been, you know, got to blast them all the tank. By the way, there's a tank on this, on this version, where it kind of crawls along. They'll uh, show up on the shoreline. And, oh, I did. Uh, see? Indecisiveness. You'll pay for it. But anyways, the tanks will show up, and they can shoot at you from the shoreline, and also the road where the bridges are at at the very end of each wave here. If you blast the bridge with, with them on it, they'll go down with the bridge. Or if they are kind of, you know, rolling past, you don't have to worry about them. But if, you, if they're rolling towards the bridge, and you don't... Oh, hold on here. Oh, I think I'm going to eat it on this. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a close one there. Anyways, um, if they're rolling up towards the bridge, and you don't blast the bridge with them on it, there's a very good chance that they'll start firing at you. And they put—it's not the ordinance that they're shooting; it's where it starts to explode. They're almost like a like a time delayed charge on these things. So, you think that you got past, but uh, you're pretty much going to lose a life. If you can maneuver around it, that'd be great. I still have yet to do that, so we'll see if I'm successful once uh, things happen here. All right. Oh! <laughs> and that would be a big no. They put the fuel. And I lost my... Now I can play. Now right. I play now. Okay, well, tell you what. Let, let, let's let's see how well you do, and uh, let's give you the Wicko so you have a little bit more control over okay, this. Okay, so. Wicko. Yep. The baseball bat thing here. Oh. All right, hold on. Come on, baseball bat. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, going to have my six-year-old daughter play this. Uh, we'll see how far she gets. Uh, we'll get, And then afterwards, we'll uh, just kind of get some uh, final thoughts, and... Uh, what we think about the game. So, are you ready? Yeah. All right. All you got to do is press the fire button. Go. You got <gasps> you, you got to turn. You got to you got to get around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Whoa. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, give it another shot. Ah! I want to go get all right, well, here you go. Oh. Ah, I was walking that way. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Game over, man. Game over. Well, I want to go again. That you want to go again? Okay, let's, let's, let's give it another shot. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, do it. There you go. Oh, oh. you got to be careful. you got to stay away from the edge there. Okay. I got, got off to 60. A... Remember, you can't fly back. you got to okay. shoot these things. you gotta, you got to steer around them. That's kind of the idea. I'm, I'm glad, yeah. I'm, I'm glad your father doesn't fly this this way. Hey, there you go. Yes. You gotta line up your shots too. All right, that's all right. We gave it a shot. I got five hundred and thirty. Very good. Which probably is much better than than some other people would get. All right. <laughs> All right, so anyways, uh, just uh, right around the corner, some final thoughts on this. Okay, now we've gotten to the point where uh, we've compared the two games and played both of them to varying degrees of uh, success. And uh, I'm just going to turn it over to Ryan first. So, Ryan, your thoughts about the game? Well, uh, I really like them. Both, uh, River Raid Classic, uh, both classics, both of them. Um, challenging, but I like that it, you know, starts off, I wouldn't say relatively easy, but easy enough, and you can kind of build up, and uh, keeps keeps you uh, keeps you challenged definitely the whole time. Uh, it's not something you can walk away from. And uh, the 5200 version obviously takes it up a notch, it's got a few extra elements, and um, is uh, probably a little more difficult, but uh, but fun nonetheless. I, I agree. The uh, 2600 version is great. Uh, it holds its own. Even after all these years, it's still a very challenging game, and it just has a wonderful simplicity to it that uh, you would get uh, in an arcade game where you just you just come up to it, put a quarter in it, start playing. You can figure it out. Within about five minutes, you know the basic gameplay, and you can uh, hopefully build up your skill level. Uh, no, sorry about that polygrip moment, uh, build up your basic skill level, and uh, really, you know, have fun enjoying the game. Uh, the 5200, again, does take it up a notch, and the added elements do actually add to this game. A lot of times uh, when you add elements to a game, uh, we've run into them where um, they just, the game kind of falls apart, it, it becomes oversaturated, uh, you're like, wow. I, I, and the other thing I like about the 5200 version of this is that it, I don't know, Activision had, I've, I've played Activision games on both the 2600 and the 5200. One that comes to mind is Pitfall, where I thought there was going to be something a little bit more to it. It just, they, they kind of phoned it in on, on some of these games. Um, if I remember uh, reading right, Carol Shaw did do the, uh, the added programming to add the elements to, uh, to this game, and she really did a great job on adding things that don't detract from the gameplay. It actually augments it. It 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 it. Uh, how do I want to say? If if I'm cooking something, it's going to brighten it up. So that's what this that's what this game does. Uh, the 5200 uh, brightens up. So um, as of that, that's uh, final thoughts on uh, on everything. You got anything else to add to that that I'm missing or no? Anything? Little one, you want to say something? Yeah, a quick little thing. Um. Um. How I want to ask a question. How much did the boats cost, and how much did the helicopter?
helicopter's cost, and how much do the air balloons cost? Well, you make a good point there. Wow, I was not expecting that. Well, actually, they, they do score differently and everything else, and I gotta, you're gonna make me look this up. So, um, what are they worth? Well, let's take a look. Yes, I gotta, yes. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, there we go. All right, so yeah, if you know what I was thinking, you know, if you hit the bridge with a tank on it, how much do you get? And you actually, uh, so for just the bridge alone is five hundred. Let's start at the top. Battleship, it's big and and clunky. It's going to be uh, it's thirty points. The helicopter is sixty points. Balloon is sixty points. The fuel depot is eighty. Enemy jet is one hundred. The helicopter gunner is one hundred and fifty. The bridge is five hundred. And if you hit the bridge with a tank on it. You get another uh, 250 points to make it 750 points. So, and then if you reach a score of 40,000 points or more, you are eligible for the official rank of River Raiders. So, don't don't forget to take a picture of your screen and send it into Activision to get your free patch. Thank if you this for was, the question. Uh, well, thank you for the question. So, anyways, that's uh, that's what we got for right now. Uh, yeah, River Raid, Hall of Famer, classic, gotta have it. And uh, if there was ever an argument for uh, having uh, a master play or a master play clone. This is it. Uh, the uh, you can get used to them on the re on the regular controllers. I actually did better with the regular controllers than I did with the Wicco. So um, that's that for that. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Enjoy everybody uh, uh, chiming in on Facebook and emails and everything else. And uh, yeah, keep on listening. We'll keep on playing. Thank you much. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Sean, and you know Jimmy G and me from the Pie Factory Podcast. And when we're not busy trying to think of clever things to say for a bumper, we're both listening to Atari, Atari 5200, 5200 Super Podcast. Podcast. So why don't you listen to it too? Well, actually, yes, you are listening to it, or else you wouldn't be listening to this. In theory.
still amped up from Atari Visions, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All righty. Hello. We got, we got Mr. Ferg on here. Hello. Hello. What's up, Captain Bob? Nice to How talk you to doing? you. Nice to nice to be with you as well. This is this is awesome. I get to uh, finally speak with the uh, the man who started this uh, all. It's this is great. Uh, <laughs> Honored and a privilege. Yes, he is our Fergonian Empire. Oh no no. no. <laughs> all hail Ferg the Merciless. <laughs> Merciless. <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I still like the you know the reason why why you started this whole thing in the first place. It was like, well, everybody else was screwing it up, and I, I had to fix this. <laughs> well, it was true. Yeah, yeah. I you know it, what's what's really amazing is you know if you want to talk about things that were significant in history, the the crash of '83. I mean, it just put that like three year chasm between you know Atari and Intellivision and ColecoVision. And it was like it was almost like the fall of the Roman Empire. Here, yeah. Here's all this technology of you know engineering and 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 you know civic works. That we're able to build all these incredible things, and then boom, it all goes away, and everybody has to reinvent the wheel again. And you know, I talk to a lot of my uh, uh, coworkers. I tell them, oh, I'm on a podcast about retro gaming. The first thing they say, oh, you mean Nintendo? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and then. About half of them were like, I didn't even know there was anything like an Atari, oh. and I was like, Yeah, th- this was, that yeah, that's what that's what broke the ground. I mean, that was that was the first bit of uh, a video game that came into the house, and they're like, Wow, I knew nothing about it. And then the nice. other half were like, Oh yeah, my first interaction was an Atari. So yeah, yeah, good times. Yep, <laughs> good times. Well, we're kind of winging it right now, Captain yeah. Bob. That's okay. Wing, we're trying wing's to, good. We're, we, we were trying to figure out how we were going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I got the notes. <laughs> now I got my notes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did not type up any notes for my... Ah, it's okay, man. I usually have them in a notebook, but I, I haven't really even gotten to the game part yet because I figured that's what we were going to talk about. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, the, gonna the just cover, we're just going to cover the gameplay and stuff like that, talk about both versions and how they compared to each other and that kind of stuff. Did you bring up the, uh, the review page for the 2600 version? The review. Page? Yeah. Oh, on Atari what? age where it says, you know, the video game critic gave it blah, blah, blah percent. Uh, I don't, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> oh, you don't do that stuff? <laughs> I can look at it. No, Maybe, that's uh, okay. Never mind. I know. I want to no, see what, what no, it says. Don't yeah, do it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I'm just curious. No. I'm curious. Oh. No, I, Here's my thing. I'll, I I I don't think, you know, I, I I have no interaction with video game critic. I, I neither you know, I want to say the confirm or deny or anything else. I, I I think everything's really outdated. And if anything, it's like uh, yeah, you know, they're they're skewing towards well, look at the video games today and look at what these video games used to be. I I would say about maybe again half of of the video game critic. Uh, ratings are actually I'm going to say they're they're valid because sometimes they, they're, they're kind of comparing apples to oranges and it doesn't work out very well. Don't let Paul um, hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say that they're, they're dead on with the game Casino. 
Uh, in fact, I was going to ask you, Ferg, I haven't had time to look it up, but have you covered uh, the Atari 2600 uh, Casino yet? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff is done. Oh, yet. man, okay, I got to send in a recording to you because I had um, all my god kids over here at the house, and I had just picked up Casino because a video game critic said, hey, the graphics are not spectacular, but this this is just basic card play here. Right. You got to check this out. And the kids went nuts, and I, I recorded them. Oh, really? Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, you need it, to send it into Ferg. Yeah, definitely, they, definitely. I will I will definitely do it this week. Uh, okay. it, they lost their minds. And <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I, I was, I mean, they, they came up with, with like new terms for, you know, betting, you know, going and, you know, going all in or something like that. They said, I'm going to throw the money down on the carpet and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what? Throw it down. Okay, throw it down on the carpet. <laughs> and what was amazed, what I was amazed by was these are 35-year-old video games, and these kids are just going nuts playing them. So again, hey, if there's ever been a case for uh, you know solid gameplay, that there was there it was. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a neat little story from Game on Expo when I was out there this past weekend out in Arizona. Yeah, uh-huh. I was hanging out at the retro booth helping Mike Kennedy with the retro VGS and stuff like that. Oh, cool! And this little six-year-old comes up to the booth, all interested in the retro VGS. So Mike is sitting there explaining it with the the engineer John, and Mike goes, "Well, what type of modern games do you like playing? What systems do you like?" The kid looked at Mike with a straight face and goes, "I don't play anything modern. I like my dad's Atari and Nintendo." Yes. Wow. <laughs> we were blown away, a little six-year-old. Huh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Retro retro gaming is pretty big. It's coming back. Oh, it, hey, it. These are the classics, and we're we're going to cover one today. I mean, we're going to cover both versions of uh, of the Atari today. So, and, and thanks to Ferg, you can't buy any game for under fifty bucks anymore. <laughs> And now we got this new Lynx podcast, so I gotta go running out and buy games before they go up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a pause on, on the, on the Lynx. I uh, actually, I, my, my wife's cousin still has an amazing. I think he has the Lynx, but I know he's got a Jaguar um, system and some of the more rare games for that. Ooh. And I'm, I'm thinking about getting a hold of him and maybe getting access to it, but. I don't know. He's uh, he's all the way over in Montana. He's a state trooper for the uh, Montana State Patrol, and oh, he's it, he's busy with stuff. So, well, if you do that, you can send in audio submissions to uh, Shinto for the Jaguar Game by Game podcast. That, yeah. that would be great. I would, oh. you know, I, I got, but I got to get a hold of this stuff first because uh, some of that Jaguar stuff is wow. It's like wow, I can barely afford what I got here, and <laughs> the Jaguar is like whoa, this is way out there. So it's, you won't it's believe crazy. how happy I was when I saw Christian advertise yeah. that links podcast. I went out, bought myself a big old bottle of Bacardi rum and a liter <laughs> of Coke and Willie had a party. <laughs> does that have a multi-cart? Oh, I think it does. It's a flash right. cart though. It's only yeah, one at yeah. a time. If I remember correctly. Oh, oh wow. But oh yeah, I'm really, really into the links. If I didn't get roped into the 5200, <laughs> I probably would have. I probably would have done a links podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I always thought that, you know, the game, you know, the Game Boy was like, oh, this is a good little machine. But then I heard Atari's coming out with the Lynx and it's like, here it is, the Game Boy killer. Oh, and- dude, it was it was no decision for me. When I walked into the store uh, looking for the Atari Lynx, I walked by the Game Boy display and it was like, throw my hand up, shun right yeah. for the Atari Lynx. Yeah. Nice. I love that machine. Now, my question is this. How, how uh, I, I hear just eight batteries something fierce, though. Yeah, it yep. does. Oh, well. Yeah, it's a battery muncher. That's, that's uh, I guess that's what wall outlets are for. But anyway, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a bunch of rambling here. Yeah, that's all right. I'm sorry, Ferg. No, don't be sorry. Ferg's gotta, like, gotta get into it. Ferg's like, man, he's screwing up my form. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I'm going to kick his butt, honey. Yeah. You are recording this, right? Because I don't, I can't. Yes, I've got okay. my mechanical, I got my physical backup going and my Skype recorder going. Okay. Nice. Jeez. I'm not what, going what to lose use? a podcast again. What do you use for physical? <clears throat> it's a little Sony handheld uh, MP3 recorder. Okay. It's got a two, two gigabyte internal storage, so it can do like 60 hours or something. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you hook that up? Actually... I have it sitting at an angle facing the computer speakers and me at my microphone, and it picks me up perfectly fine. Wow. You can't even tell I'm not, you can't tell that I'm using it when I do really? audio from it. Yeah. It does wow. a really good job. That cool. Sounds good. <clears throat> anyway, we're going to talk about Carol Shaw's River Raid. Yeah. I love River Raid. It's one of the first, one of the early games I bought on my Atari 2600. With my own money. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a classic. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, this, this is being, I don't even know if I, if classic even goes so far as to really describe this game. This It's it's almost like that there's, an, you know, there's an element here and an element there. And it's it just comes together beautifully. And in fact, uh, I just had my uh, my buddy Ryan over. We were we were playing both versions. And yeah, you'll you'll hear from Ryan. He's he's a gamer from way back when. Uh, pretty much, you know, like like the rest of us, we we grew up on this. And the twenty six hundred has all these great elements to it. And then what happens is you go to the fifty two hundred. It adds elements. And I even mentioned it in in the recording that we did. Um, it doesn't take anything away. Usually, if you add an element to a game or elements to a game, it starts to bungle it up, and it's it it takes it starts to take away from the game. The 5200 version, uh, I'm I'm gonna say it. I think it's better than the 2600 version. It's 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 amazing. Well, there's gonna be a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Captain Bob, did you have yeah. this on the 2600 when you were a kid? Yes, I had it on the 2600, and that's where I was introduced to it. Um, okay. I, I remember picking it up and and everything else. And for some weird reason. Uh, I tried when when I got my collection back from uh, from my parents, and uh, they they were doing some cleaning, uh, and I plugged all this stuff in. I started digging around in, in the uh, in the boxes. It was like I had River Raid. Where is River Raid? And the weird thing is, I I have River Raid in the fifty two hundred box with the instructions. I have no idea where that came from. It was oh, like yeah. it went into the box as a twenty six hundred. And for 30 years it sat, and then when it came out, it was a 5200 cartridge. So I have no idea where I got it, but nonetheless, yeah, I I, I played, I, I played the bejeebus out of River Raid <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. So I 
don't think I played River Raid. (gasps) Yeah. It came out in, uh, if I'm reading it right, it came out in December of 1982. I think by then, I don't think I got any games that Christmas or for my birthday that year, which was in December. It still is in December. But I don't, I I think I was pretty much out of the 2600 by then. I had a job. And I was spending my money on on the arcade instead of on games for the uh, 2600. So I don't think I played it very much. And I'm not really much of a fan of vertical shooters. I like the horizontal shooters better. So I was kind of dreading this episode because I know that it's such a huge game. And everybody loves the game. And I was just like, I'm not going to like this. But I put it in and I've been playing it all week. And it's really, it's really a good game. Really, really good. I was surprised that I enjoyed it. Well, you just put your TV on its side. <laughs> now, when I, I read the... Um, there, There's a, a really long interview with Carol Shaw uh, done by somebody named Benj Edwards. I forget the, um, the, the blog, but um, she mentions in there that she kind of styled it after Scramble. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so I don't remember Scramble very much. I know it has something to do with Super Cobra, and those are both horizontal shooters. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So horizontal shooter. Yeah, and she said, if I'm remembering right, the horizontal pixel gap or something was four four pixels. Mm-hmm. And the, the um, no, the, the, the vertical was four pixels. Wait a minute. I got my directions mixed up. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Hold on here. Let me, let me see if I can okay, the, Yeah, the horizontal was four pixels. The vertical was a half a pixel. So she changed it to vertical. That's what it was. Well, that explains why it's, it scrolls so smoothly then. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I didn't know anything about that. So I thought that was that was she explained it well so I could understand what it was. It's it's a it smooths really, really nice on the 2600. Nice and nice and fluid. It is. It is. Oh, Jinx. <laughs> and I like, or, well, I don't know if I like it when I smack into the wall on the left side or the right side, but that it speeds up when you bank to the left or to the right. Do you guys notice that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the 2600 game, you have the choice of guiding your missiles, which is a big thing in Activision games. I remember Mega Mania had this. And or just having straight missiles. Now, which which one did you guys use or play? I like playing the guided missiles. Yeah, you... guided missiles. I had I I they were okay. It just seems like I miss a lot when I'm using the guided missiles. I don't know why that is. That's true in Mega Mania too. But for me, I liked using the just the straight ahead missiles. It seemed. I guess you're not going to get guided missiles in an arcade game. That's what I was. That's the way I was thinking of it. That's a pretty good logic to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't try it uh, with I, I, I just kind of went with the default setting here on the machine and just kind of played away. Um, yeah, I could see where, where, you know, the the straight missiles, you could really rack up some big points because you can stick and move, stick and move, stick and move and, you know, bob back and forth in the uh, in the river on it. But, uh, yeah, I, I there's a kind of a comfort with the uh, with the guided missiles. You know, I, I play Mega Mania a lot. I love that game. Yeah. It's one of my go-to games. And uh, I got to tell you, it's uh, you know, the guided missiles are definitely what, what makes it. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and, uh, and and play it all over again with the uh, with the straight missiles. Well, I find using the guided missiles when the ships and the helicopters are moving, I have an easier time hitting them. Yeah. The guided missiles. Well, you got to get challenged, Willie. 
I don't like challenges. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you guys aware of Carol Shaw at the time? Did that seem weird to you that there was a woman programming video games? I was not aware of Carol Shaw. I remember reading the name on the on the uh, the box, but I didn't think anything about it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Just yeah. uh, it was more, it was mostly you know I was a teenager, you know, early teens at the time. So it was like, oh hey, uh, it looks like a girl programmed that. That's cool, <laughs> and just plugged it in and just played one of the best video games of all time over and over and over again, along with, uh, along with a few others. So yeah, yeah, really didn't really didn't care that, you know, who made it, uh, right. only the fact that this was, you know, again, a spectacular go-to game for me still is. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was surprisingly, I enjoyed it very much. And I don't, well, going back to the, the Activision thing, did you guys, um, I don't know how, how I would put this. Do you guys buy into the whole, uh, programmer as star thing that they were trying to do. Like I, I guess, uh, most of the games I had access to by Activision were, I think were all David Crane games. My friend Kenny had Dragster and fishing derby and I had pitfall and I always saw the same picture of David Crane in there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we found the, um, the dot and adventure and saw Warren Robinette. So that was a little more mysterious cause we didn't have a picture of him. We just, saw him as some name but did you guys did that make a difference at all to you guys i kind of liked it because it kind of it kind of lets you connect with the game more knowing who programmed it and seeing their face yeah yeah i kind of liked it actually yeah yeah as as an early teen uh you know you're just sitting here you know you want to play video games you're hanging out with your friends and the whole idea is like well you know atari games are good but if you really want to play decent games you got to get activision games for your atari so like yeah uh, you know just just come to mind star master i mean that was Whoa. you know g- a great game and, oh yeah you know you come you turn to the back and it's like well, what you said willie uh you know you turn to the back of the of the uh of the game uh, uh what is it catalog menu whatever you want to call it i can't think of it the directions yeah, anyways yeah. <laughs> you, you turn to the back <laughs> kind of brain farting there but uh you know you turn to the back and here's a picture of the guy it's like hey here are some helpful hints to help you play my game and it was like all of a sudden it's like hey this guy's talking to me he wants me to succeed playing his game this is great you know it it really gave it a you know a personal touch which yeah um really and yeah that that it was a huge connection that's one of the reasons i did like activision games it's like they cared about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, now go ahead, and my thirty dollars <laughs> and the thirty dollars. Yeah, twenty nine ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that. I mean, now we know that it was the marketing department doing that, but back then, yeah, you figured that. Well, that they they put that in there, and I've always thought that they wrote the the manual too, but that wasn't always the case, or hardly ever the case, actually. Well, so let's. Like- Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. you go ahead. No, you go. No, I'm not going. Ahead. No, you. No. I'm going to change the thing, so go ahead. No. <laughs> I've all got right. nothing. Okay. So um, so we all know about the Activision patches. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. two different patches, man. Two different patches. We'll talk about the 5201 uh, on the 5200 Super Podcast, but we're going to talk about the Atari one, uh, 2601. Now that one was fifteen thousand. Did you guys get ever get that playing it then or playing it now? Yeah, 
I actually did back then. I took the photo of the uh, of the screen and sent it in. Never got a patch. Really? Yeah. Oh, that stinks. Same thing here. I I I was I did it. Um, it was great, and then I had to find a camera that had film in it. <laughs> oh, don't turn off the TV. Yeah. And that's ex- that's exactly it. I was like scrambling around the house. It was like. I need a camera with film in it and everything else. And I think uh, what had happened was my dad had, he, he had an old Minolta T100. Oh he still God. has it. It still, it shoots beautiful uh, pictures. Wow. So he's got this old thing. And, and I think he's on like maybe frame number three on it. So he, he cracks it out and he's like, I can't believe I, you know, he's doing the old <laughs> dad thing. Yeah. What are we doing? Uh, you know, it's like, wow, this guy's, grumpy at you know he's like old man grumpy at 30 you know 30 some odd years old and <laughs> so anyways uh we take a picture of it but i can't send anything in because it's only on frame three and you remember film was expensive uh, and yada ooh. yada yada yeah and so i had to wait like like two months until this role was completely used up for him to send it in and get it developed and everything else and finally got it, and I was just ecstatic. I, you know, I sent it in, and I never heard anything about it. And it was like, uh, oh, that's all that, right. Do you guys think that was around the time the crash was happening? Yeah. It, yeah, I think yeah. so. I, you know, honestly, I think that that was really it. That uh, this was about '83 or so when I when I finally got my mitts on this game, and that that's what happened. It just got lost in the in the shuffle. Yeah. Well, well you know, Captain Bob, you know how I got around the uh, issue of. Happen to use up the rest of the pictures on the roll in my case? No clue. <laughs> I took 24 pictures of the TV screen. <laughs> and boy, did I get in trouble oh. when, that, when those pictures were developed. Yeah, yeah. See, wow. that was, uh, you see, I had thought of that. But, uh, yeah, when it came to the old uh, the old Minolta, Dad, he, he, that, that was his pride and joy. You, you. You had to get uh, clearance uh, from him to to use it. So yeah, that was I was not as fortunate to burn up twenty four frames of of film on that. So well, had to no, wait. they all weren't the same. I was trying to get creative. I was doing like mug shots with me next to the screen and stuff like. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so so you made evidence for your own crime? Okay, got that it. was the bad bad thing I did. <laughs> I didn't take no pictures. And while you're in the shot, son, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> Do you guys have, have anything else that to mention about the gameplay of this game or the patch, patch or anything else? Uh, you know, gameplay wise, it it really it, it makes this machine shine. I mean, uh, the twenty six hundred, yeah. as we all know, you know flicker issues and that's just because of the limitation of the machine um it it really it this this was one of those arcade quality games that never was in the arcade but you'd plug this into a 2600 game it was that good 5200 just adds on that so i'm just going to say gameplay it's intuitive it's great um on the recording i did with ryan my my daughter uh came back from uh hanging out with her uh, aunt for the day and uh, we gave her a shot at it and oh, uh, cool. some practice. She's not really as good at this as she was with uh, centipede centipede. Uh, she's a, yeah, she's a slaughterhouse on that thing. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, so I'm waiting for the centipede miss Pac-Man uh, 
episode uh, for the 2600 game by game because, uh, boy, do I have stories to tell on that one. Oh, boy, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a pretty big one. I don't know yeah. if I should have scheduled them both together, but... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be as long as the Intellivision Aries there. <laughs> yeah, the week before Christmas. <laughs> oh, you're going to be busy. Yeah. Busy. It's starting now. But yeah, gameplay about... gameplay's fantastic on this. I mean, this is... I mean, if every game was programmed like this game for the 2600, um, I, I got a feeling we'd still be... Uh, playing uh you know multi-generations of atari games here in the future right one of, the oh. I, one of the things i liked what they did with the 5200 version is they added a little brown line next to the green land to make it look yes. like you're inside of a canyon now mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was just going to bring that up yeah that there's uh that's the big sticking point on this game for a lot of people yes i mean i don't think it it i don't think it takes away from their enjoyment but you know, a lot of people say, well, why are you an airplane and you're smacking into the, a riverbank <laughs> and the airplanes <laughs> that are flying in a different direction or not? Now, does that does that take away from the game for you guys at all? No, no, no. not at all. I can yeah. give you the best. I can give you the, the most best reason. The most best reason. There you go. Double negative today. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when I miss lunch. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, I'm going to give you the best reason possible why a plane would be flying down a canyon. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Air Force and the Navy and everybody else, they practice low-altitude um, runs and strikes. Uh, for you know they, they do it in eastern Washington all the time. In fact, my, uh, my in-laws, um, where they live, they actually live underneath one of these low-altitude um, uh, practice run uh, courses. And... These guys come screaming in at 500 miles an hour at 200 feet above the ground. Wow. And, the, and the whole thing is to evade radar. So here are all these boats and planes and helicopters and everything else in this river. So you're flying low to avoid the radar, but all your enemies are down there too. So you got to take them out. There, yeah. So that's that was my lot. Yeah, why am I? Yeah, can I just climb in this plane and get out? <laughs> no, nope, because then, you know, then you're in radar. Then they know where you're at, and then they'll then they'll really send the hounds after you. This is kind of like I always think of it as a river raid is like a sneak attack. You're coming in, you're coming in low, you're coming in hot, and you're gonna take them out. Yeah. So okay, that's that's how I uh, go into my dream world and uh, make <laughs> make things work. So. <laughs> yeah, in that interview with Carol Shaw, she just kind of laughs it off. I mean, you know, it's a video game. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Willie mentioned this earlier. I don't normally talk about ratings on my show because I don't I don't really rate the games. Like, um, do you guys you guys don't rate your games, do you? No, not really. No, okay. not really. But, but um, I I, I kind of use what Phil uh, the No Swear Gamer uses. Yeah, that's like, a, So where is this on the scale? And this is, I mean, using his scale, it's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, Willie. Hello. Willie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one snoring. He's the one that brought it up earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Hall of Fame game. It's it's one of my go-to games for my 2600. Yeah. And now for my pitch 200 because uh, I kind of like the controls on a little bit better instead of just being bang, bang, right and left. On a pitch 200, you have some fine movement if you barely yeah. move the stick from side to side. Right. Yeah. Which right. makes it kind of nice, especially when you get to those really narrow canyons. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, they're uh, brutal. 
Yeah, we we just played it on the um, on the regular, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, screen one, wave one, and started from there. And then uh, after I did the recording, I came back and before I called in, um, I sat down and did the, uh, you know, how you can start on the 5200 on different levels where you can start on like level 20, level 50. 50. Yeah, it it gets really challenging. And here's, you know, again, one of those added elements. Um, Things start shooting at you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The helicopters start shooting. They got the tanks on the side of the bank shooting at you. Yep. And I found out that uh, that when they're coming up on the bridge, if you just see the bridge and kind of do what you you do on the 2600, which is if I'm getting close to the bridge, I want to blast it as soon as possible because if I were to lose a life, I start on the next the next segment of the river. Um, you don't want to do that on the 5200. You want to hold off as long as possible because the closer, the further away that tank is from the bridge, when it starts firing at you, it'll lob the the charge right in the center of the canyon. And yeah. there's, you know, you might go to the next level, but you're going to, you're definitely losing a life. So you want to wait until that tank gets on the bridge, which is ideal because you get the max amount of points. Or you want to get the, that tank as close to the bridge as possible before blowing it, because then he's going to shoot and it's going to be on the other side of the embankment, yep. and then you can fly through it. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I did discover if you use the Master Play clone, you have like a cruise control. Really? <laughs> yeah. You the little dials in front of the Master Play clone where you can center up the uh, Genesis control pad or whatever you're using. If you turn the dial for the up and down. You can make the plane always fly fast, always fly slow. Oh, cool! It's like a cruise control. Oh wow! Yeah, I got the, uh, I got the old uh, master play, so I, I'm unable to do that. But that is sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> I think we beat this horse good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we tell yeah, Perks, actually, like, shut these people up. I want to no, get out no, of no, here. No, 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 no. I just don't want you to to talk. You know, I want to save some for the fifty-two hundred too. But like uh, what I was saying originally before about the reviews is uh, Atari H has a, a separate section in each game for reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of games don't have a lot and a lot of the links are broken too. But on this one, it has quite a few, which are still good links. And it came out an average of 89%, which is really good. And even the video game critic gave it a 95, which is... Oh, yeah, yours rated a lot higher than ours. Ours averages at 76%. <laughs> What do you mean? I only got three reviews for the 5200 version. Oh, on the 5200. 76? 76 was the average, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, you got to remember, didn't the 2600 version have a, uh, wasn't it a million cart seller? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was extremely popular. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Is that it? Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Nope. That's it. We'll continue on with our crap. All right. Thanks for joining me. Today on my podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on our podcast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so make sure you guys go and listen to the uh, Atari 5200 Super Podcast for more talk about River Raid. And also, everybody go listen to 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Yeah. You well, listen to Fur, cuss us out for screwing up his format. <laughs> no, I'm not. Gonna do that. <laughs> this is fun. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. Getting together and playing these games and making them shine again. That's right. Have a good evening, Mr. Ferg. We'll catch you later. You too. Ferg, take care. Are we leaving? Yeah, you hang up. Why? (laughs)
because me and Bob's going to do the 5200 podcast. Are we going to talk about the 5200 or are we just putting this on both? Uh... We'll put it on both. Oh. It was a combination thing, man. Oh, shit. Okay, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Why do you have more stuff? Go, if you got more stuff to say, go ahead because I can edit it in. This, this is this is like this is like one of those crossovers uh, that uh, you know, kind of like the Flintstones meets the Jetsons. I mean, I it's... thought we were going to have a separate thing on the yeah. Okay, no, that's all, all right. The only thing that's we're right. doing separate is you have your rambling Every, section. Everything else, we have our rambling section. You yeah. have your box art. We're going to have our box art separate. Yeah. You have your instructions. We have our instructions separate. And then the listener feedback. The only thing we want to combine was both versions gameplay-wise, the differences, the similarities, what we like about it, what we don't like about it on both versions, that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. That was the original plan. That's why we're talking so much about the 1500 version. Yeah, I misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) It was still fine, though. It came out fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. You guys said the stuff that I wanted to say about the 5200 anyway. So now, now I do have a question though. Um, well, lay it for, on you, now you made you made contact with Carol Shaw. Now did you interview her in person or or did you just email? Do email no, she she didn't want to do um, uh, video or audio. She just wanted. I told her that you know we could either do Skype or I could just send you email questions, and she said she'd rather do the email. Yeah, because I I was I was going to get a hold of her husband, who I I don't know if you've done any research That's, on. Yeah, you, um, yeah, a little bit, not too much. Yeah, um, I, I actually went so far as to watch some of his YouTube videos, and I'll say this: uh, when my kids are living to three hundred years old and we're being operated on by nanobots and stuff <laughs> like that, we can thank Ralph Merkel for all oh, of yeah? this because um, it's just—I mean, his—he's probably one of the smartest, truly one of the smartest human beings on this planet. It's—it's wow. it's just incredible. And I, I had written up a letter, letter to him and everything else, and I was going to send it, and I was just trying to get over that that hump of sending it because part of me was like, oh, you know what? I'm just trying to reach out here. I'm trying to communicate. Another part of me was saying, man, this is this is about as far as like, hey, dude, can I talk to your wife, man? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Oh, and I was, I we was come just for your wife, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I, I was like, how do I word this this letter to, you know, this email to him yeah. uh, to not, you know, say, hey, you know what? I'm an admirer. I'm not, you know, some sort of creeper or something like that or some some sort of, you know, mega fan that's just like, oh, I've got to talk to my idol here or anything else. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just love the game. You know, I just want to get some, you know, a few little insights on this and kind of take it from there. So. Thank you for getting a hold of him. I, 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 in fact, I told Willie when Willie told me, "Hey, yeah, Ferg made contact." I'm like, couldn't have been a more perfect person to do that because I was just, I was on the fence. I was like, how do I do this? But you have the practice on doing it and everything else. And thank you, thank you for uh, uh, for at least sure. getting uh, getting Carol to uh, correspond with us. Uh, I was hoping that she would have uh, sent the questions back by now, but. Uh, she hasn't yet, so hopefully by well, hopefully Wednesday. Hopefully she will, but by the time you're ready to publish yours, you can at least put it on yours. Yeah, as soon as I get it, I'll I'll, I'll uh, email it to you guys. But yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't gonna. I actually wasn't gonna contact him until um, Willie and RK talked to me about doing the crossover. That's what made me do it. So oh, okay, thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, uh, I'm sorry for contacting you out of the blue. You know, I just. 
wondering if your wife would talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know she's a private person. That's okay. We understand if she doesn't want to. But oh yeah, uh, that that was yeah. the other big thing because yeah. yeah, she is she's a very private person. When she gives an interview, it's it's a rarity. Yeah. So yeah. just making just being able to send her an email, you know, with some questions and have her bounce back with it, hopefully here sometime soon. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment in itself, but yeah, you know, I, I don't blame her, you know, here she was, you know, she's just, you know, she's a computer programmer who likes to make games. And then just because she was, it's kind of like Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, he, he was the first man on the moon, but you know, he was a really private guy. He just wanted to be left alone and Hey, just, you know, so what? I, I I did this accomplishment. I did my bit for King and Country, and uh, yeah, just you know, no no rock star. Just right. you know, all I want to do is just barbecue on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> gotta be weird for them. I mean, I could not imagine somebody contacting me about a loaf of bread I made thirty years ago. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know that. What's wrong with you? Know. That was one good loaf of bread. Today on the Wheat by Wheat podcast. Yeah. We're going to talk to Ferg, the famous baker. <laughs> it's yeah, such I a mean, weird thing. I mean, they didn't get into it for that back then. It was a byproduct of yeah. their education. That's all yeah. it was, really. I mean, she even said, did you guys see the interview in one of the magazines in 83? 80, uh, she did. Um, where is it? Maybe I can send you a link. There was a, a really long interview she did. I think it might have been before she even did the um, 5200 version because she didn't mention it. Oh. Yeah, it was. Uh, she did mention the 800. So I wonder if that's a thing, too, that the River Raid for the 5200 came out really late. Do you guys have any idea when that came out? Well, uh, River Raid for the 5200 came out in 83, late 83, if I remember right. Oh, it was late 83. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it's basically identical to the 800 version. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah, I think she said in there that um, I forget. I know. I think the ColecoVision version has an, uh, a programmer for it. I believe so. And, yes. Yeah, I think was it Peter Kaminsky or somebody. That that name sounds familiar. Did the Intellivision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said she gave him the. Uh, she talked to him about it, so that was. I mean, that, that's pretty amazing too that she did all those different systems. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Awesome. I was I, I with my reading, I, I, I became very disappointed, but I saved myself uh, another, you know, 45, you know, whatever dollars on eBay. I was uh, I was going to pick up River Raid, too. And in my reading, I found out she wasn't even associated with that. In fact, yeah, I think there's, there, there's a game uh, in the game. You can actually land on a aircraft carrier or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. David Lubar did that one. OK. He did a so, ton of games. Yeah, is it a good game? I haven't had the the chance to play it yet. I don't know. Yeah, it is a pretty good. I got a sealed copy of it, and I've also got oh. a loose copy. It's it's a lot of fun. Wow, yeah, it's awesome. You're not I getting it. I gave you a crazy climber. I have a boxed uh, copy. <laughs> <laughs> is it still sealed? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's yeah, I got a sealed one, man. Yeah, I have a couple of sealed uh, 2600 games, but once I get to it, they're getting open. Awesome. Okay. Well, I can send you my loose copy if you don't want to open that one for you can play that. No, no, no. I have it. It's open. Oh. It's an open copy. Yeah. I sent you guys the link in Skype to that interview. Oh, awesome. We'll put it in our show notes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Very cool, guys. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. 
All righty, man. I guess we'll uh, let you get going again. All right. <laughs> Thus ends the podcasting for this weekend. We have no choice. He can't turn back. Never raid target at 039. Under control. Approaching an airspeed. Way to go. Taking West Canyon. Good call. Fuel critical, sir. Chopper's at 3 o'clock. Roger, I copy. I'm just closing. Shall I direct something? No, he'll decide that. Fuel critical, sir. He knows that. Sir, he's off of the East Canyon. Negative. That's a trap. River 8, don't. Sweet home. It's hit. River 8. Here he Can you make it? River 8, can you make it? It's only a game. River Raid for the Atari video computer system. Designed by Carol Shaw for Activision. And I, I'm, I'm glad we're covering this game, giving it its due. It's uh, I don't even know if it's if, if we're even giving it its due because it's always had it. Um, oh, yeah. This is one of those games that pretty much everybody knows about it. Yeah, they've uh, 
it, it, it was, I don't know how many game, how many uh, consoles this was ported to. A lot. Think, yeah. So e- even people who don't know, you know, the, the, the people that I work with that, that don't know Atari, when I was started to talk about this, it's like, yeah, we're going to be doing River Raid here pretty soon. They're like, oh, River Raid, I've played that. And then I think it's a, on a bunch of anthologies and everything. So this yeah. is really one of those definitive uh, games that, you know, you think of Activision, you're going to think of, you know, Laser Blast, uh, Star all, Master, oh, oh. Chopper Command, and River Raid's right there. Oh, yeah. It's one of those go-to games. Yeah. When I was out at Game on Expo, uh, I saw a lot of uh, 5200 games out there. Uh, there was quite a few River Raids I saw. Some were sealed in the box still. Oh, wow. So, yeah. What were those going for? They were going for 75 Whole oh. <laughs> the, the sealed ones, the sealed river race for the 5200 was going for 75. Yowza, yeah, Holy smokes. I, I just saw on uh, on the Facebook page the, the picture you posted of finding a uh, loose meteorites. Yeah, that was going for 90. I almost picked it up, but I'm not really collecting cartridges for the 5200 since I got the multi car because I don't have a whole lot of room. <laughs> yeah, for more. Yeah, cars. that's. That's that's kind of me uh, where I'm at. I'm I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm thinking about for the 2600, getting a Harmony cart because the games I want to play are now starting to get progressively more expensive. Well, what's really cool is you get the Harmony cart, especially I think the version two one. You can actually load supercharger games on there as well and play the supercharger games without a supercharger. Oh, I I got a great supercharger story for you if you if you want to. I mean, it's go not, ahead. Lay it it's off. not fifty two hundred stuff, but welcome uh, to the twenty six hundred game by game podcast. I <laughs> know. There you go. Well, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a combined uh, you know combined experience here. But um, as some of you probably well know, I'm I'm based in Minneapolis, and so I've for the last almost thirteen years, I've gotten to know the Minneapolis area really well. And there are a couple of places that I like to swing into. Um, they sell comics, collectibles, you name it. And um, I'll keep the place unnamed because uh, it, it's kind of like a kind of like your fi- favorite fishing hole. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you come home with these giant trout. It's like, oh, my God, where'd you get these? And it's like, well, I got myself a little place out on the river. And yeah, that's my, that, that's my go to market like that. Exactly. So, um I, I went in there and I've been going there again for the last, you know, when I, when I first started with the airline, you know, you sit reserve, which is you sit around and you don't do anything and you just wait for a phone call. <laughs> and if, if it sounds boring, it is most people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> most, there are a lot of people who don't survive that first year because they just can't handle the fact that I you know, I got this job and now I do nothing. I just wait for a phone call. So while I was waiting for my phone call, I started, you know, kind of milling around the, uh, the, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, ran into this place and walked in and they had everything. They had collectibles. And at the time I was really into star Wars, um, uh, star Wars collecting and everything. And I always have been since 78. And, Lo and behold, he had a section of 5,200 games, 2,600 games, all this old stuff. And I was like, great. Well, he had a supercharger sitting in the bin, loose, just sitting there. And I have, for the last 12 years, have seen this supercharger sitting there gathering dust. Nobody knew what it was. (laughs) And finally, I started 
you know, I, I started doing, you know, more and more because, you know, mainly because of Ferg, started getting back into the 2600 again and really enjoying these old games. Oh, yeah. And and then all of a sudden I hear about the supercharger and it dawns on me, hey, dummy, that thing that's sitting there with about an inch of dust in the bin, that's a supercharger. And then I, I started reading about Stella gets a new brain and all this, that and the other. So I have a supercharger. I paid 20 bucks for it. Oh, good price. Thank you. Um, in fact, uh, one of the things he does, as you, if, if I walk up to him with something in my hand, there's no price tag on it. First thing he does is he goes to his to eBay and sees what's what's going on. It's like, which is which is fine. It's just like, you know, not only that, but I've been going to this guy for years. So he knows me f- fairly well. And he just goes, you know what? Uh, they're selling here and there. He goes, tell you what, what do you want to pay for it? 20 bucks. I got 20, I got a $20 bill. He goes, sold, done. Awesome. So, I, so now I had to make it work. And so I had to go, I went online and my current setup is this. I have loaded all those supercharger games onto my iPhone. Yep. I did the same thing. And I plug in the supercharger, turn it on, hit play on, uh, on iTunes, uh, bringing up those things and they play great. And oh, yeah. it's an absolute blast. So there's my supercharger story. What's your favorite game on the supercharger? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say Frogger. Yeah, the, the official Frogger is really good. I like I like Phaser Patrol and Communist Mutants from Space. I do have to get into Phaser Patrol. Most of them were, you know, Phaser Patrol, you definitely need the, the manual to, to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, haven't done Communist Mutants from Space yet, but I just, I heard so much about the supercharger version of Frogger. And how that came to be, where, how did they get Frogger? I thought somebody else already had it. Well, it was for cartridges, discs, and stuff like that. Nobody thought about magnetic video, uh, not videotape, but magnetic audio tape yep. being a medium. And they were able to come in and scoop that up and actually make a better Frogger version than everybody else did. Yeah, it was all, it was pretty good. It was, it was great. So My supercharger I picked up this, this past weekend out in... Uh, the game on Expo, complete in the box with Phaser Patrol. Oh, wow. For $25. <laughs> now, I had a supercharger earlier, but I sent that one down to Phil, the No Swear Gamer, for him to use on, on his show. Cool. Because I, I played my supercharger games on my Harmony cart now, so I didn't really didn't need one. Okay. So just yeah, sharing think- the love. I think that's, you know, that's kind of like where I'm where I'm going with all this. It's like, you know, I'm kind of running out of room to store these things. And, you know, the the uh, the spousal unit, you know, when when she comes home and there's a pile of mail and, oh, what's this? This looks like about eight inches by 10 inches or, you know, eight inch by 10 inch envelope here. Oh, boy, they feel a box in there. Oh, boy, it's another star. <laughs> you know, it's another it's, it's another Atari game or, or dun, something dun, else. And, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about just biting the bullet in the Harmony cart and and actually upgrading my Atari Max uh, for, for the 5200, because I think we mentioned this before, some of the games don't play on the earlier version of the Atari Max. You need the SD yep. card version to That's play the correct. mule games and stuff. So That's the one I've got. It works beautiful. Wonderful. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But right now, I just, uh, right now I'm just excited getting my kitchen finished. So once things get back to normal around here, then uh, I'll be able to, to dedicate some more time and uh, resources to that. Now, well, now I was going to say, 
Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, well, RK is unable to join us today on this. So where do we where do we go from here? We uh... well, the next thing we want to take a look at is the box art. Okay. I love the box art for the 5200 of River Raid. I would love to have a poster of this box art. That poster would be great. Um, yeah. Yeah, the box art. Uh, you know, I've always I've always loved the. You know, I'm just going to start with the 2600. Um, I love the box art on that. Uh, there, there's there was a continuity to to everything. You know that that little this the the rainbow streak behind uh, the plane or ship or whatever. Yeah. And obviously the 2600 you know plays on that. I noticed with 5200 games with with Activision, they go for more realism. And yep. I don't know if it, that obviously was by design. I don't know if they did it because they could squeeze more on the cartridge. They could, you know build up a little bit more excitement for you to buy it or anything else. But this is, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful co uh, cover on this. You know, what, what's great about it is you have this F-16 fighter jet flying down this canyon by some tanks up on the canyon walls, helicopters coming up and you see a bridge in the background. It, that's just an awesome picture. It is. An, it's, it's a great pic. You know, looking at it, it really translates what you are doing in this game. And again, yeah. here you are. You're down in you're down in the canyon where the river's at. You're evading radar, and these guys they they kind of know that you're coming, but you're it's almost like you're on equal footing with them because you're coming after them, they're coming after you, and the 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 river canyon is the equalizer. So it's it's gonna come down to who's gonna be better at the skill, you or them. Yep, that's right. And, and the cover just kind of translates all that beautifully. Of course, on the back of the box, has a real nice screenshot of the gameplay, which is very nice. Yeah, and absolutely. And I, I really dig the description of this game. You know, codename River of No Return. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, as, long, as long as you can keep on playing, it keeps on coming. Yeah, there's no end to this game, which is, I think, one of the reasons why Arcade didn't really like this game too much. Yeah, you know, I in fact you'll you'll hear her. I uh, my daughter was in on the recording uh, with uh, with my buddy as we played uh, through this game a few times, and she goes, "Oh, how does this game end?" And I go, "Well, it doesn't." And then I was like, "Well, it kind of does because you run out of lives, you're done. Enjoy. That was it. That's the whole idea is to get as far as you can. I think that's really something that." Uh, that this, you know, the, the new generations playing these games are kind of getting used to is the fact, oh, so how does this game end? It doesn't. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Get as high a score as possible. Yeah, as so, far as you can. Yeah, exactly. So um, I did uh, do some more reading on River Raid with Carol, and she was saying that, that originally she foresaw doing the 5200 version of this game as when whenever the... the the river would branch out. Mm -hmm. It would go to a completely different river. And it would just build on that. It would basically generate a completely new river as you went down it. So oh, wow. depending on, yeah. And it was, it, it basically was a simple evolving game where as you went further, it would generate, it's almost like a kind of like rescue on Fractalus where, you know, it generates a landscape as it goes. Yes. This would have generated a new river as it goes. Oh, that would have been cool. And I think because of time constraints or memory constraints or something like that, um, I think that was her 
her husband's, uh, Ralph, uh, I think that was her husband's idea, if I remember uh, reading it correctly. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, it was, this thing was supposed to be even more complicated than what it is already. Well, it's, it is very colorful and I like all the extra features they put in this game, like the tanks and the hot air balloons. And like you were saying, it actually has a counter to showing how many bridges you destroyed just so you can see how far you got into the game besides your score. Yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is really nice. It kind of, you can, you can keep track of what's going on. Um, also when you, when you do the, the jumps, um, it'll, it'll tell you, you know, what bridge you're on. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, kind of moving through the waves and everything else, how far did you get, you know, how big, a, how high a score, but it also has, you know, a, it, what, what do they call that? Uh, my, my buddy who's a game, uh, game developer, he, he's, it's a soft kill. Okay. Where it's, it's kind of like with angry birds where you don't have to get the maximum score to continue in the game. And this, I think the bridge aspect of it is, well, I'm not going for score. I'm going for how far down this river I can get. So again, there's that added element of how far down the river can you get? And this is a great way to keep track. You know, when I was playing it today, I think the farthest I got was to the 13th bridge. Not bad. It was the farthest I could get. <laughs> Not bad. I, I didn't even pay attention. I was just going with score. So that's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to play this game all over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you only got like eight game variations to this, you know, the groups that in one or two players, you know, game number one is you start at bridge one, it's one player. Then, you know, game number three, you start at bridge five, it's for one player. And then first right. game number five, you start at bridge 20. So that's kind of neat. You can start at a higher level if you're if you're pretty good at the game. Well, I th- I think what it, what it re- really does is it frees up a lot of space on memory because you don't you don't want to you know take a look at like uh, you know early Atari games where they had you know asteroids sixty six different versions of the same game. There's no way that anybody want. I mean, and and again, one of the reasons Activision came around was because why are we making sixty six versions of this game? Well, to give variety to the consumer. The consumer doesn't want variety. They want solid gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, you just want things to go faster or slower. This thing, it's great because you get faster. In fact, it's like uh, Star Wars, the arcade game in the arcades. Um, that's how you get, you know, you, you get a big bonus if you, you know, start downriver uh, enough. You get this big bonus. You don't do it here on River Raid, but the bonus is you can play a faster, more intense game without having to fly all through, you know, 50, 50 different screens, you can, you can get it right away and, and start at the, at the top notch. Oh yeah. And another great gameplay element that they've got in here is the fuel gauge. You know, if you're flying faster, you burn up fuel quicker. Oh yeah. So you got to fly slow over these little fuel dumps in the river to, re- to fill up again, but you got to be careful where you're shooting because you can actually destroy them. Right. Right. In fact, that's, well, that's how you can get, you know, more points. Yeah. You fly over them slow, and right as you're about to fly over it, fire, blow it up, get the points. You got the fuel, you got the points, keep on going and everything. That th- that was another, you know, I, I, Willie, I don't know how many elements are in this game. Well, but, let's look at the scoring table here. This gives all the elements. You know, we got a battleship, it's worth 30. We got our helicopter, it's worth 60. A balloon, it's worth 60. The fuel depot, 80. An enemy jet worth a hundred, a helicopter gunner is one fifty. The bridges are worth five hundred, 
and a bridge with tank is seven fifty a hit. And so satisfying when you hit it. <laughs> oh yeah, it makes it's, the most agreeable boom. Oh, it, it, it agreeable boom. The tanks on there, you can see the tank go into the river as well. It's 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 just like yes, it's it's like this. There's so many payoffs. It's it it's a it's. I, I'm I'm starting to stumble on my words now, um, <laughs> but it it is an this, this you know I've I've said it before you know like like with Defender this is an absolute marvel of a game um, this is an absolute marvel of a game I mean there are so many elements to this game when when they added the tanks it's kind of like pizza you know there's good pizza and then there's pizza that just goes over the top for me it's those little uh, what do they call them the 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 pepper um pepperoncinis or whatever they are oh, the pepperoncinis oh the banana peppers or whatever they are the pepper yes yes you know what pizza's great without them yes. pizza with those on them just boom it's oh, like oh yeah. this this is why pizza was invented pizza with pepperonis oh. yeah <laughs> yes uh, and as the, the well-oiled machine of the 5200 podcast here that keeps on rolling. It, yeah, it's, yeah, the, the, this is one of those games where they added elements and it actually made it a better game, a more challenging game. Well, you notice they had, the, they increased the high score limit to get a patch to 40,000 points. Yeah. Instead of 15 on the 2600 version. Yeah. You, you really had to be, I think that was the idea was that you were probably starting off with a 2600. You were spending the money on a 5200, and if you had River Raid for the 2600, which I think, heck, I, th I think even my cat had River Raid for the for the 2600. Um, you know, now with the 5200, you're upping your game. Mm -hmm. You're 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 definitely into 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 gaming. You definitely want to continue. So, yeah, higher score, bigger payoff. You really got you really got to earn it on this one. There's some really cool tips. I, I didn't find much about River Raid inside of the classic gaming magazines, but I did find an article from Blip Magazine, issue number six, that came out in July 1983. Oh, wow. Over on page 10, we have Blip Tips, and they give tips about River Raid. Nice. Yeah. This is what, cool. what, what did Blip Magazine have to say? Well, here's what they said. Here's the here's the tactics for River Raid. Now, this is for the 2600 version, but it pretty much applies to the 5200 version as well. Their tip number one, keep control of your speed at all times. The normal cruising speed is often what you want, but there are yep. dozens of situations that call for an increase in speed or a decrease in speed that will allow you to anticipate the enemy's movements. Yeah. You want yep. to slow over fuel dumps and fly like crazy to get to the bridge. Sometimes, sometimes depending on depending on how fast that river narrows up. And then our second tip is, when the path in front of you is congested, you can get rapid fire by holding the action button down. When a shot hits something or leaves a screen, another one is released immediately. Yeah, that's one nice thing about this game is you don't have to keep punching the button to keep shooting. Oh yeah, I th I think I think I'd die you know with a, with a with a hand cramp. Yeah, I, I was so happy when I played the 5200 version. I could just hold the button in and just keep on shooting. It's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Another, you know, another thing I noticed that if you do start, you know, say you get, you know, you get wasted, you start, uh, you know, you get to start your the level over again. That one thing I noticed uh, 
the 5200, if you have like a line of battleships that are going to start moving across your uh, your flight path, it's not the same ships every time. So you think, oh, you know, it was the second one that moved first, so I'm going to anticipate, and then you lose your life. And it's like, okay, well, I know it's the second one that moved first, and then all of a sudden it's like mm-hmm. the first and the third yep. will move across. So it, so this game changes it up yep. even between uh, losing men. That's correct. Keeps you guessing. Makes it makes it more fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, the next tip here they give, the first screen is the only one that has nothing but stationary objects impeding you. When you blow up your first bridge, you approach the second river. Suddenly, everything has begun to move except for the fuel tanks. Enemy jets zoom across the screen, and you now have to begin maneuvering in addition to firing. Yeah. The second river is also the first time you see islands, bays, narrow channels in the river. You have to avoid these as well as the enemies in the air. Yeah, that's, that's given. Don't crash into the bank or the yeah. wall. <laughs> yeah, don't hit anything. Wall bad. <laughs> Another tip they give, you use fuel at a constant rate, no matter how fast or slow your plane moves. Don't know about the 5200 version, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and study that. Yeah, keep an eye on the fuel gauge at the bottom of the screen, which registers E, half, and F. Yeah. When you begin approaching empty, you'll hear a sound that warns you to refuel. Yeah, you don't want to hear that sound. And not only do, don't you want to hear that sound, it it I hear that sound. It's it's like an instant panic attack. It's like I you know you're you're about to lose your life. You better you better fuel up, man. We're, and every time you hear it, there isn't a fuel depot close enough to you. You're always like, where is it? And then you start flying faster. It's like it's got to be around here somewhere. And yeah, you got to remember, Captain Bob. If you, if you hear this sound in your plane, don't try to fly over a fuel depot. You know what? <laughs> if we hear that sound in our plane, we call it uh, we call it the resume light. So, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're looking for a new job. <laughs> uh, and then and another tip they give you is when you're finished refueling, you can blow up the depot by hitting the action button for extra points. Yep. Yep. Ooh, yeah. That's that. In fact, um, I you know I don't have the twenty six hundred stuff in front of me, but let me see. Oh, I do have the fifty two hundred. Hold on. Hello, Carol Shaw, and let's see here. It's actually written like a letter. I don't know if you've. Uh... Oh yeah, the last page of the instruction manual. Yeah. Tips from Carol Shaw. Yeah, and she writes it like it was a letter. Yeah, read I mean, it again. Here's that. Here's that. That personal connection that that uh, that she makes. Uh, yep, here it is. When you, when you become really skilled, you'll find you can actually blow up a fuel depot right in the middle of refueling. That way you can gain the points and some fuel at the same time. That's right from, uh, right from her uh, letter to you. I like it at the very end. If you make it back to Allied Territory and need some R&R, kick back and drop me a note. I'm always up for high flying tail. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Hey, we want to talk to your wife. Yeah, hey. <laughs> hey, man. Oh. God, it yeah, go so check out that article in Blip Magazine. It's, it's pretty interesting. There's also tips for other games in there as well. What was it, July 1983? July 1983. River Raid is, uh, I think, around page 10 or so, maybe 8 or 10, somewhere in there. Okay. It's a great, well, little, it's a great old magazine. Yeah, I was I was a huge fan of Joystick Magazine. Oh yeah, that was a good one. And I went back through um, 
some of my stuff here because I have uh, what is it, the Consumer's Guide? In fact, that's I think that's where Joystick Magazine came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was kind of a spinoff from uh, Consumer's Guide Magazine, and uh, yeah, I went through all that. They didn't have anything with River Raid. I think it was just one of those things that uh, that they never got to, or it, it kind of showed. Oh, there we go, Blip Magazine. Yeah, and they, also they, they, also on that same that same issue. If you scroll down to, uh, let's see, what page is this here? Page 24, there's an article called, Where's the Software? And it's a complete article about where is all the games for the 5200. It is really interesting to read. Huh. Yeah. So that, that, now, which, now, I'm, I'm looking at, at Blip Magazine. Uh, which, which cover is it? The cover has... Uh, the guy from Microsurgeon from Intellivision. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's the one that's got it in there. It says Marvel Comics down in the lower right-hand side. There you go. Got it. All right, there it is. Oh, yeah. You know, take a look at those two articles in there. It's kind of interesting, especially the one about where's the software. Yeah, I will definitely do that. In fact, there it is. Blip tipsy. Well, before we get to reading some feedback and letters... We have a segment from our homebrew prototype YouTube guy, Mike. And he's going to be talking about Tempest. Oh, excellent. For the 5200. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's leave it to Mike. Greetings, 5200 fans. Today, I'm going to talk about Tempest for the 5200. This game wasn't actually released for the 5200 back in the 80s when, it, when, the, when the actual development started. But I'll definitely get into why that was and how you can play it now, but first, a little bit of background. Tempest was originally a popular and pretty darn fun arcade game released in 1981. The object of the game was pretty straightforward. You avoid the bad guys and enemy fire, you eliminate bad guys and stay alive, much like every single arcade game in the early 80s. So, you know, you weren't really walking up to this arcade cabinet and being surprised by any new objectives here. It was pretty straightforward stuff. However, it looked pretty amazing. The arcade game actually made use of vector graphics instead of that pixelized raster graphics that most of the other arcade games of its time used. So picture the type of graphics you see in the Star Wars arcade game from around the same time, around the same time, it was about maybe 81 or 82. Uh, The line graphics that scale up or down easily, those are vector graphics and Tempest made use of those. The player, that's you, controls a spaceship that maneuvers around the playfield, moving from one grid or segment to the next, destroying any enemies that are in the same grid. So it may come as no surprise that these enemies actually want you dead. Yeah, it seems pretty hostile to me. Nevertheless, they are after you, and as you advance, you'll discover that they employ different strategies to try to take you out. As you play, your ship is advancing sort of down this vector field, and and as you're traveling down, Uh, a grid with an enemy in front of you in the same grid, they're likely to leave this sort of, this nasty spike in the grid for you to collide with and ultimately die. It's just not right at all. You'll definitely need to start shooting at that bad guy and avoid the spike by moving out of that grid, obviously, and you'll eventually encounter bad guys that zoom right up to where your ship is, and they'll just be right beside you, kind of crawling from one grid to the next, eventually moving into you and colliding into you Uh, with, of course, the intent to destroy you. That's right, that's called kamikaze, and these guys are, in fact, quite ruthless. As you move from level to level, 
your play field changes shapes, and that definitely keeps it interesting. You may settle on a strategy for how to move and shoot that depends on the shape of the play field, but when you move to the next level, you'll find that you're actually no longer playing in, say, a V-shape, for example, and instead you're kind of moving around in a circle. Ultimately, your strategy becomes useless, and you got to get creative. So it's a real stay-on-your-toes kind of game, and it's fun. And did I mention straightforward? Pretty straightforward. You really just try to stay alive for as long as possible, struggling with the challenge as each level gets progressively harder. Of course, you really just need to stay alive. That's really it. Porting the game to the Atari home consoles became a must-do for Atari. They began the effort in about 1983 or 1984, probably about 84, but they never actually finished it. Certainly by now, you've heard time and time and time and time again about the video game crash of 1983. Well, the Tempest conversion to the Atari 5200 was one project that fell victim to that crash. That's you know, one project of obviously very many. Once it became evident that the market was unstable, Atari went ahead and pulled the plug on the project and it was never finished. However, years later, Al Gore invented the internet and a copy of the prototype was discovered on eBay. I think this is around 1999, I believe. The, the prototype was actually dumped to a ROM file and made available for download on the internet, probably a variety of all the different ROM downloadable sites. Again, thank you, tip of the hat to Al Gore for inventing the internet. Interestingly, the original developer, Keithan Hyenga, whose work I genuinely respect, but whose name I probably just butchered, uh, he's the original developer now on this project. He found what was going on here. He found this ROM. He picked up the project and, and resumed it where it left off, brought actual game development to a completion. So believe it or not, you can actually buy a brand new copy of Tempest for the Atari 5200 right now. A full cartridge with a retail box and packaging at atariage.com in their online store. Very, very cool stuff. The game port is actually pretty darn solid. Obviously, the Atari 8-bit graphics aren't vector-based, but what you get in this Tempest port for the Atari 5200 is a pretty cool vector simulation. So lines are drawn to the screen to kind of mimic the shapes and colors of the original vector-based stand-up arcade, and the developer has done a tremendous job of recreating that effect on the Atari. If you're a die-hard fan of the arcade, you'll certainly notice some differences throughout. Obviously, the look and feel is different, these aren't true vector graphics, but rather a simulation of vector graphics, so the lines aren't perfectly straight or smooth all around. You don't get that vivid color either. But, you know, you're probably on your home television screen, you're probably not exactly expecting that. Uh, I mean, at least not in the 80s when it was intended to be released, so you, you probably weren't expecting it back then. Maybe you are now. But the sounds are also a little bit different, uh, still recognizable, and they still fit with the action on the screen. All in all, it's, it's a really great port. You're not going to be fooled into believing that you're standing in front of the arcade machine, but it's still, it's really good. I've been disappointed by many home console ports of arcade games, but I thought this one was pretty darn solid. So if you are a Tempest fan, this is definitely worth picking up. Again, you can do so by going to the online store at atariage.com. Now, the differences between the finished product and the prototype are actually significant. You'll notice much improved sound in the final product. The death of your player ship, while of course tragic from a player's standpoint, actually represents a really cool vector-styled explosion with great sound. The bad guys look better, they move better, and they sound better. And you face different types of, enemy, of enemies with different attacks, very similar to the arcade. Level transitions are actually really close to the arcade in the final product than in the prototype. They uh, make a really cool sound and a really cool visual. Uh, and really, the vector styling looks a heck of a lot more arcade-like 
in the final product. It really doesn't get any closer. They, they nailed it on this one. It's worth, it's worth taking a look at. It's certainly worth the money. Again, check it out at atariage.com. Go to their online store. Now, if you want to have a look at some gameplay, it just so happens that I can help. I enjoy playing Atari 8-bit home computer and Atari 5200 games on my YouTube channel. You can check, check out some of my gameplay videos uh, by checking out my TechZonk YouTube channel. You can find me at youtube.com slash user slash techzonk, and I'll see you there. Now, I'll send it on back to the guys. Thank you very much for listening, but don't tune out yet. There is more to listen to on today's Atari 5200 Super Podcast. Games designed to bring out the magic in your Atari home computer. Larry Kaplan's Kaboom and River Raid by Carol Shaw. Bombs kept dropping. I tried to catch them, but they kept coming faster and faster. Kaboom! Gingerly, I bent the plane, dodging enemy fire. I spotted their depot and showed no mercy. Now, River Raid and Kaboom are here for Atari home computers. Let's read some of the feedback. Did you have you have the notes up? I got the notes up. Got them right here. Okay, I'll take the first one here. You got it. This one comes from Tim. He writes, thought you guys would like to know that it is your fault I got my 5200 out and played it. It's your fault that I got a couple uh, controllers rebuilt with gold contacts. It's your fault I ended up with a multi-cart. And it's your fault I bought trackballs on eBay. Welcome to the corruption that is the 5200 <laughs> podcast. So thanks. I've enjoyed it. I have one important question. Are there any hints on how to repair broken, repair broken trackballs? Uh, yes, there is. There's a really good field repair manual for the Atari 5200 trackball that gives you all kind of troubleshooting procedures, repair procedures, things like that. Or you can hop on Facebook and or join the group called uh, Track Trackball Bombers or something like that that has... The guy who made the trackball for the 200, Dan, as part of that group. And he'll answer all kinds of questions about the trackball. Yes, Dan Dan is, uh, I mean, this is the guy who developed it. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what better resource could you could you pick than the guy who who designed and built it and everything else? So. Oh, it's really robust inside. It's, it's arcade quality. It's good. You know, I wonder. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these trackballs that, that come across that, oh, they're not working or anything else like that. I wonder how many problems are just due to the cord. Yeah, cord or dirt getting in the infrared uh, gates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it really. I, I think um, the more I read about this and the more I hear from people about this, I'm starting to think. You know, maybe these things just need a really good cleaning. But um, I think, like, like. Willie, didn't you pick up a 2600 and it's like, it was like, it was all grungy and everything else. And all of a sudden a cockroach comes, comes yeah. crawling out. When, when I went down to uh, Alabama, I found a Atari heavy sixter, six, oh. 20 bucks on Craigslist. Oh. So I met, I met the lady to pick it up, you know, and I was like, man, this thing is grungy. Holy cow. Took it back to the hotel, and I'm sitting there watching Sci-Fi Channel or something like that. And this Atari is sitting up on the desk next to the TV, and I see these antenna pop out. 
Oh. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I get up and I, I hit the, the Atari and a couple cockroaches pop out of there. So I, I went and got a screwdriver, opened it up. It was full of them. Oh. I was like, yep, sorry, you're not coming home with me. Sealed it up in a plastic bag and chucked it. I was going to say, and then and then got a gallon of gasoline. And burned yeah. The, <laughs> burned the whole not, thing it it was not a good day for me. I was like, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Ay, Chihuahua. Yeah, that, uh. That would have done it for me. So now we got one here from 8-Bit Bill. So take it away for 8-Bit Bill. I shall take it away. All right. Uh, 8-Bit Bill says, Hi, guys. I just finished listening to your entire back catalog of episodes and wanted to tell you that I really enjoyed them. I especially wanted to write and say keep up the interviewing. I have been an Atari guy from way back and have listened to a lot of interviews with dignitaries from the past. I think your group has a really easy conversational style of interview. And that comes across well and really gets the person being interviewed to open up and share. Well done. Well, thank you. That's, you know, I always look at it this way. If you're interviewing somebody, you know, if, if it sounds like they were all just kind of sitting around, uh, sitting around the campfire, drinking a beer, you, you're going to get more out of somebody. And, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, that's just the way it is. Next, I wanted to say that I started listening shortly after picking up a four-port Atari 5200 locally on Craigslist for $30. Ooh. Good find. With two joysticks and five games. I've had a number of Atari 8-bit items over the years and always wanted to add a 5200 to the collection. Thinking $30 was not much, and it wasn't, I, I, I jumped at the chance. I thought I was all set. Wrong. The trick is that once you get into a 5200, even as cheaply as I did, the costs really start to go up quickly. And you're right. There's just no way to do it. you gotta, you got to repair those joysticks. Joystick repair, newer different style joysticks, trackball. Thanks, guys. Jo- <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, joystick repair, an Atari Max. Boy, you, re- you went all in, didn't you? Goodbye, 401K. All right, uh, Atari Max cart, joystick repair, etc., etc. And uh, in the future, when you mention items in your 5200 collection, it would be great to hear what you paid for them and where you found them, just a thought. Again, great job on the podcast, and I look forward to listening in the future now, now that I'm all caught up. Take care, 8-Bit Bill. Well, thank you, Bill. Yeah, I, I really recommend getting the gold upgrade kit from Best Electronics. I did my joystick when I first got my 5200, and it still works perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, The the thing about the the controllers is the the Revision 9 Gold upgrade, it's a must. You have to do it. For some weird reason, I was able to get those old um, carbon contacts to last me a long time. And I think Hmm. mainly because when I played this game, all I could think about was, there, I might not be able to get another chance to buy these things again. So I always played with a lot of lot of care and respect with my equipment. Um, the pots that are in the 5200 joystick, you know, I got to uh, hand it to Atari. They really went for some really high quality, very, very robust uh, uh, potentiometers in there. So uh, it's got that going for it. Um, when I rebuilt mine, not only did I did the Revision 9, but I also bought uh, new old stock uh cords as well because i was just i just wanted to go down the chain and eliminate any part uh any you know single point failure uh that i could with them so yeah it, it's going to be expensive but it's it, it really is worth it oh, yeah. um as for what you asked uh you know what we 
you know, what we purchase our stuff for, it's really a grab bag. Cause sometimes, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Oh, I got to bite the bullet and I got to get this. Um, or it's like, like I said, with my supercharger where I picked it up for 20 bucks because I knew what it was. Nobody else wanted it. It had been sitting in a, in a, in a store for the last, you know, 13, you know, X amount of years. So it, it, again, that's really a crapshoot, but I think what, what would be really valuable is what is, you know, and maybe Willie, you're probably, probably better at this than I am. Um, knowing what the prices are, you know, what's your average price, what's a high price, what's a low price, what's, you know, what's an absolute outright steal. I think that would be, you know, that, that would be more, more, uh, fruitful because, uh, Case in point, I got a master play, elect, an actual Electric Concepts master play, brand new, in the box. I picked it up for 60 bucks mm. uh, off of eBay, and I was the only bidder. Good luck doing that now. I've seen... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I've seen, like, I, I saw one auction for an, for a, an original master play, and... This was the description for it. The guy writes something along the lines of, it says master play on it and 5,200. Other than that, I have no idea what this thing is. And it looked like it had a, you know, it had a nice layer of, I believe what they call on Antiques Roadshow, patina. Patina. But it, it again, was grungy. And I put in a bid for like 40 bucks for this thing. And my wife was like, I can't believe you put in a bid for that. I said, trust me, hon. It's going to be nowhere close to this. It ended up selling somewhere around the neighborhood of like $125. Wow. Yeah. So it really, you know, you really got to just kind of be kind of like a vulture. You just kind of have to sit up on the branch and see and watch what comes by. And if you see a, a great deal, jump on it. Um, I think the best deal, especially, you know, we always encourage everybody to get master plays. I think what you've done, Willie, is is give the best viable option. It's not cheap, but it's it, it gives you it, it's high quality. In fact, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, there's a, a clone that's made that you can buy off of eBay that I purchased. Uh, it's like the old master play interface. It has a couple adjustment potentiometers on the front to center up your controller. But it also has a keypad built in on it as well. And it, it works like a charm. It's That's awesome. About a hundred bucks. Not bad. Yeah, but it, it's worth it though. Now, if anybody's listening out around the Phoenix, Arizona area, especially around Paradise Valley, Fallout Games up there has two Atari 5200 trackballs for $25 a piece. Oh, are they functioning? Uh, they look brand new. Oh, man. And uh, considering the quality of those uh, trackballs, I would say, yeah, they probably work. Well, here, here I go. I'm going to use my jump seat privileges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in Paradise Valley up there around Scottsdale. Fallout Games. They have two of them in their case up there. And a Every whole year bunch in the Scottsdale of... area. Go to Fallout Games. Fallout Games in Scottsdale, Arizona. Get your trackball on. <laughs> anyway, moving on, we have the continuing saga from Mike D. in Searching for His 5200. So he writes, Hey guys, so the saga of my missing Atari 1500 console continues. So I went up into my other attic yesterday to try to find an old Van Halen t-shirt for this weekend's concert. 
As I was up there, I saw my Commodore 128 box, and it was taped shut. Now, I know my C-128 is in my office, so what did I put in this box? Did I put the 5200 in the C-128 box? My excitement grew as I cut away the tape and sweating profusely from the attic heat. See, I would have I brought the stuff down from the attic because I, I had to do too. work in my attic. <laughs> and it's, I mean, if you want to talk about hell on earth, there it is. Just... <laughs> yeah. He continues on. He says, open the box. And while technically not a 5200 console, I did have two Atari 2600 consoles in this box, which was still a good find. I wasn't sure where these went either. Well, when you put two 2600 together, you get 5200. There you go. Just tape them together, man. There you go. <laughs> Underneath the 2600s, I found a genuine Atari 5200 dust cover. Now, I don't have one of those. That's cool. That was, That's real cool. Oh, I am getting so close, I can taste it. Literally, sweat is now dripping in my mouth, so it's hot. It's so hot up here. <laughs> it sort of sounds like it's a <laughs> a penthouse or something. You know, I was going to a Midwestern college when one night... One night... Not that I ever read any of that. No. Ever. <laughs> so behind the Commodore box was a generic VCR box, and it was just labeled Attic. Looking big enough to hold a 5200, so I ripped open the box. Lo and behold, there was the 5200 console. Completely wrapped up in bubble tape and another two cartridges. Oh, I couldn't wait to get downstairs and hook this thing up. Also in the box was a CIC Pong system. Whoa. Complete in... I don't know. I don't know what that stands for. I don't know what CIC stands for. CIC Pong system. Our early days before the 2600. Yeah, I've got a... Uh, I got an original Atari Pong sitting here in my office. I, you know, Ryan, you'll hear Ryan uh, on on when we're playing this game. He had that's how he got started. He's he's same age as I am, and uh, so that's you know I remember his dad was kind of into the, all this stuff as well, and yeah, I mean that's that's where it all starts. Oh yeah, it does. So I hook up the fifty two hundred to the power supply. The light comes on. I hook up the TV. Nothing. Hmm. Try different channels. Nothing. Damn it. Oh, I know what he did. Dun, dun, dun. Hooked my 7800 back up to make sure everything was okay with the connections. That works. 5200, nothing but black screen. I started clicking the power button on and off repeatedly. I see a glimpse of a title screen and then black again. It yeah. looks like even though I found my 5200 console, it is dead. Oh. It's dead, Jim. <laughs> Very disappointing to say the least. I did some research, and it sounds like maybe a bad chip. Yes, it is. It's a bad chip. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't plug it in in the right sequence. Really? And, and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best Electronics talks about this. Really? Um, in fact, uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times getting orders from him and everything else. Um, the guy who runs it. Do you, do you remember his name? No. His name, it's escaping me right now. But, he, again, if you get to ever order from Best Electronics, great guy. Um, he has on the Best Electronics website uh, how there is a sequence on how you plug a 5200 in without blowing the motherboard or a chip or anything else. And I think what you, do, what you have to do is you have to take that, that box, plug it into the television first. 
then you plug in the 5200, then you plug in the power cord into the box, and then the last thing you do is to plug it into the wall. Holy cow! If you don't do it in that order, or, you know, you're looking at... <laughs> yeah, you're looking at, oh, and I think uh, I think Mike gets to that here in just a bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I emailed Best Electronics, and he said the same thing. Most likely, we'll have to buy a new motherboard from him. Either that or to replace the uh, the uh, TIA chip in there, the TIA chip or something. Right, yeah. There is a retro video game, video game store not too far from where I live in Jersey. That said, they would take a look at it. I'm not that hopeful, though, unless it happens to be the power supply. Uh, it's not the power supply. No, it's not the power supply. Just for the hell of it, I took the console apart, hoping maybe it was just the RF cable. Try a new cable? Nothing. Hopefully in the weeks to come, I conclude conclude this saga with a working 5200. After listening to your episode on Defender, I really wanted to find this console and play this game again. Oh, Defender's so awesome. Oh. <laughs> I, still got a, I still got a signed copy of a, uh, a box copy of Defender from Steve and also an 8-bit version of Defender signed by him. And I can't, I can't thank you enough for the, the cartridge. I mean, I, I got that here what? at the house. Did I send you the cartridge? You sent me the cartridge. Yes. I can't I, remember if I did or not. Yeah, oh. you did. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was kind of dragging my, my, I was, I was kind of dragging my feet on, on sending you my address and everything else. Oh. But uh, yeah, I was, I was neck deep into the kitchen, uh, remodel at that point, and I was just like, you know, just typing on, on, on anything. It was just like, no, I got to get this thing grouted and you know polished up and everything else so but yeah i finally i I got the uh the cartridge in fact it was here at the house after i came home from a very long trip and you know maybe it was the couple glasses of wine or something but when i opened that thing up i got all misty eyed and my wife's like what what are you everything okay and i was like things couldn't be more perfect and and she's like well what's what's going on i held this cartridge up to her and she was like and I was like, here, here, this, this is a car. This is Defender, and it was signed by. It was. I think I actually used the words. It's signed by its creator. <laughs> <laughs> it's signed by the man, the man who actually programmed this. I got a signed work of art, and you know, bless my 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 wife because she she realized that. This actually meant something to me. So instead of making fun of me, she actually said, you know what? That's about as cool as it gets. And I was like, that's why I married you, because you're as cool as it gets. And it just went on from there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Get a room. (laughs) Anyway, Mike goes on to write, thanks again for all the work all of you guys are doing on these podcasts. Really makes my commute to work enjoyable. Oh, and FYI. Never found the damn Van Halen shirts, so I don't know where those are. <laughs> now, what's cool is he sent in another letter uh, just recently. He writes, so my Atari 5200 saga has come to an end. I brought my 5200 to the local retro video game store, Digital Press in Clifton, New Jersey. That's an awesome game store. I've been there a couple times. I got to hit that. Yeah, yeah, if you're in Clifton, New Jersey, hit Digital Press. You will not be disappointed. It is an awesome game store. Great. And they took a look at it. Although they were getting more of an image than I was, ultimately there still wasn't much they could do. Most likely my graphics chip was bad. Ding, 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 ding. Bingo. 
Now, what's cool, though, is a lot, I think on the four-port version, a lot of the chips are socketed. So you might be able to find yourself another graphics chip and plug into that bad boy. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I did that to my two-port. When I got my two-port, the player one port was blown, so I got in there. And I socketed the little interface chips for the controller port so I can put chips in there and plug them in so the solder them. Got it working again. That's nice. I didn't yeah. know that about the four ports. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I socketed you know, them already. I, you know, I, th- I, think, I think the thing about, uh, about these uh, machines is that they were actually built. It was kind of like buying a stereo. I mean, if, you, if something went wrong with them, you took it to Atari Service. Mm-hmm. And the authorized Atari service guys would, would, you know, rip into it and actually do a repair. It's not really like the, you know, I don't want to say, th- you know, my dad calls it, ah, today's a throwaway society. It always has been. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, to an extent that is, that is correct. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. now it's easier to just buy a new one and recycle the old one. At least we're not throwing it into a landfill anymore. Oh, yeah. So we got that going for us. <laughs> but he goes on the right. So that night, I removed the RF shield, which is not easy to do. Yes. I ended up pulling the metal tabs off. There's a trick to doing it. And check the motherboard. I tried receding the chips, but still no go. That was a good thing to try, actually. Declaring defeat, I ordered a new 5200 motherboard from Best Electronics, along with a reconditioned 5200 joystick with the gold tactile feedback buttons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both arrived in two days. And I have to tell you, I was extremely excited. Yeah, Best Electronics is fast on shipping. Yeah. I ripped the box open and immediately hooked up the new motherboard to my 5200 console. I put together enough parts so I could test it before I screw everything back together. The only two carts I had on hand were Missile Command and Space Invaders. It was so exhilarating to see the Atari logo title screen as I powered up Missile Command. I played it for a while on the original joystick, then switched to the new reconditioned joystick. Wow, what a difference. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the gold reconditioned stuff is awesome. It's it's worth the heavy price you got to pay for it. So hopefully it has hopefully it has a, a trackball. Play Mystical Man with that thing. The I'm next day I went back to the attic and brought down the rest of my 5200 carts and peripherals, which includes the trackball. Hey, there we go. There we hey. More Atari joysticks, the 2600 converter, and a Wico 5200 joystick. Oh, RK will be so happy. <laughs> If you get a if you get an Atari Max cart, you go over to atarimania.com and they have a three port version, I mean a three base version of Missile Command that you could put on the 5200 to play almost an arcade perfect version of Missile Command with three bases. You use three of the keypad buttons on the uh, trackball to fire from the bases. It's awesome. And you can refer to one of our previous shows that uh, covered Missile Command, and yeah. uh, more on that uh, on that episode. Yeah, trackballing. Looking through the carts I have, I didn't realize I had over 40 games. Wow. Surprisingly, I did not have Zaxxon. Well, RK will not be happy. Yeah, that's that, that was that's a great little game. Yes, it is. Even though, when you get to the space scene, it makes you drop clear to the bottom of the screen. You can only go side to side. Ah. Yeah, there, there I is about that. that. There is that. One of the games you are currently reviewing, I do have River Raid. Yeah, I'm well, doing it right now. And yep. I came to find out that the most common non-Atari carts that I have did not work. Most non-Atari carts did not have the dust protection, so the cartridge chip was exposed. After I cleaned most of them with a Q-tip and rubbing alcohol, for the most part, they started to work. Yeah, yeah, they will. 
I will, you know, uh, just a quick little thing. I usually, you know, rubbing alcohol is good. Uh, one of the things that I use is, um, and also, you know, when I have a chance, I like to rebuild old muscle cars, but that's few and far between right now. Oh yeah. But but one of the things I uh, I love to uh, to use is it, it's a company called LPS, and they have a CFC free contact cleaner. Oh yeah. It's the the again it's it's. I use it very sparingly, so I actually I'll buy some other contact cleaner to, you know, just clean parts or whatever. You know, it's like six bucks a bottle. Uh, this stuff, last time I bought it, it was like twenty bucks a bottle, or for a spray can of it. Uh, it cleans beautifully. It's wonderful, and I don't have any fear that this stuff is going to get in there and really, you know, blast things apart. It it cleans. It does its job, and then it just it goes away and it's really nice stuff to use again, expensive, but you know what? It's, it's, it beats, it beats spending $50 on a, on a game on eBay. Oh yeah, it does. And he also writes, I still need to try out the trackball on the week of controller. I think I made the right choice on buying a new controller. Yes, you did. Yep. Which costs more than the motherboard. I might add. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I told it. I think I'll end up ordering an Atari 5200 Atari Max cartridge. I am concerned about the wear and tear on my original cards. Get the Atari Max. You can just leave it plugged in. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Because you do. You you uh, Every time you plug a cartridge in and unplug it, you scrape some of the metal off the contacts. Yep. It does do damage to the cartridge over time. Thanks again for the podcast. Ultimately, this show has ended up costing me money. But I'm so glad now I can play games along with what you're discussing. Have I played Atari today? Why, yes, I have. Ouch. Mike D. <laughs> Mike D. You know, you know, this, you know, Mike D's saga here, I think, I think we ought to like, you know, uh, you know, the search for the 5200, the musical. I, th I think there's something here that we, <laughs> I found it, my 5200, you know, <laughs> <laughs> now we do uh, have one audio submission uh, rick from the intellivisionaries he recently picked up a 5200 so we'll play his little audio submission and we'll continue on with some facebook posts sounds good hey willie rk and captain bob i uh wanted to give you a little audio feedback here for uh river raid on the 5200 uh river raid was definitely a game i knew on the Atari 2600, I have a lot of memories of playing that with my cousins. Uh, we ended up getting it on the Intellivision because uh, we liked the game that much. Had to have it at home so we could play it even more. But this was, uh, as you would guess, given my recent history of the 5200, this was my first time playing the 5200 version. So this seems like the same game, only slightly better. I mean, it's definitely... Um, graphically a better version of it but it doesn't feel like it's really that much better it doesn't feel like it's over the top better and this was kind of the feeling I got from Activision games on the Intellivision quite a bit I I wanted them to improve the graphics more because I knew the Intellivision could do more and I feel like with this port I wish they had done more graphically with the 5200 uh, to you know just bump it up from the uh, 2600 seems like there should be more there the controls felt rough to me. It was definitely a difficult game to play with the 5200 controller. 
it was better when I plugged in my Genesis pad in that little converter box, but I, I felt like I still was having a hard time controlling the plane as I went through the river. And uh, it made me wonder if, uh, maybe you guys have covered this, if the plane accelerates more as that analog stick gets further from the middle, kind of like Sinistar uh, does. Um, maybe I am not catching that effect because I'm playing with a digital controller, and for whatever reason, I couldn't get the analog feel to feel right. But I'm sure you guys have talked about the controls on this. If they felt funky to me, and so for that, I, I think I like playing it on the uh, the either the Atari or the Intellivision a little bit better, just because I can control my shit better. But uh, hey, love the show. Looking forward to your next game. Yeah, Rick, the controls on the 5200 are <clears throat> a little wonky. Uh, basically, the analog joystick: the farther you move it from center, the faster your plane goes, either forward or reverse. Or side to side. So if you barely move the joystick to the side, your plane will make a slow bank to that direction. The farther you move the joystick, the faster the plane will bank that direction. So it takes a little getting used to. Uh, I'm going to try this game playing the trackball maybe. I, I don't know. I don't think that would be a good idea though. Maybe I won't work in the trackball. I don't know. I'm rambling. But anyway, let's check out your other audio submission you just uh, sent over to me about Defender. Hey, Willie and RK, uh, really enjoying the show. A little bit late with this bit about Defender, uh, but I figure late is better than not. Uh, I have a bit of a relationship with this game. Uh, during the big arcade boom when these things were everywhere, my friends and I would ride our bikes to a place called Paul's Pizza. It was a small pizza place that um, basically did most of their business through delivery, but they did have a small little dining room and a waiting area, and they had a small number of arcade machines to play all the time there. You know, sometimes up to six or eight machines would be there. And so we would obviously go and just play the arcade machines. I don't remember ever buying pizza there, actually, but anyway. Now, you guys mentioned that Defender, the arcade machine itself, has a really intimidating control scheme, and I do recall that. But I also remember that at some point, I think it was the new machine that showed up at Paul's Pizza. And so my friends and I, when we had played our other machines and played the games that we were, you know, more familiar with, we would spend more time on the new machine. And so I think because of that, and because of the fact that, you know, it was a small pizza place, there weren't gobs of kids kind of waiting for their turn all the time, that, you know, I got to work past that intimidation factor that you get with the control scheme on Defender. And I went from being really terrible at it to maybe only mildly lousy, you know. Uh, I had some control of the ship. Uh, I could shoot the landers and rescue the humans that were falling in midair most of the time. Um, I would usually last until the fourth or fifth wave. And uh, at that point, you know, the landers would have taken all of my men and the planet would explode and the game gets really hard at that point and my game was pretty much over. But this was such an important game for me growing up and from that era that when I built my, my main cabinet a few years ago, I made a dedicated control panel for it just to play Defender and tried to make that be as authentic as I could make it. I actually found a posting on one of those old arcade forums and they had the exact measurements of the layout of where the buttons were in relation to each other and where the joystick was and that kind of stuff. And I got a two-way stick and, and arcade buttons and tried to make it feel as authentic as I possibly could. And, and if I may say so, it's pretty good. I feel good when I play it. It feels like Defender to me. So you fast forward to now, and I hear you guys are going to be covering Defender on the Atari 5200. As, you've, as I mentioned before, I don't have a long history with this console. Honestly, I have not been that impressed with console or computer ports of Defender that I've played. Something about it doesn't feel 
right. Doesn't feel like Defender. Now, obviously, you can't get the control scheme right. That's not going to happen on any console or, or computer. I mean, they're just not going to replicate that control scheme. Um, so, you know, the famous one, the 2600 version, it is a fun game. I, I, I'm not going to knock it. But when my I play, remember playing it with my friends at their place and just feeling like, eh, this isn't quite Defender. It didn't feel Defender enough to me, even though it was a fun shooter. And I feel the same way about the Intellivision version, and I'm pretty sure I played the Commodore 64 version back when I had that, and was that was my, you know... M- main gaming experience, and just all of them kind of left me feeling a little flat, like, yeah, they tried, this is close to Defender, but it isn't really feeling like Defender to me, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot from the 5200 port, and boy was I surprised. I gotta say, something about this port felt right. It felt pretty good, even using the 5200 controller. Now, since uh, last time I left uh, some feedback for you guys, I did get a refurbished controller with those gold contacts and stuff, and, and so I used that on it, and it I, it was a pretty good experience. I was really surprised. And I wasn't even sure which one played better, with the 5200 controller or with the Genesis pad and that little converter box. So you guys mentioned it and went over it better than I can in the last episode, and um, and the feedback from your listeners that I heard is all saying the same thing. This is an amazing port of Defender. If I had seen this game and played this game back in 82 or 83 or whenever it was that my buddy got his 5200, I would have really come away with a very different view of this system. This port really shows what this uh, system is capable of, and uh, I'm pretty impressed with it. Now, I know this is the Popeye show, but I'll probably say all I have to say about the 5200 version of Popeye when we record it in Tari Visions, so I'll leave that for that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to record about Popeye originally, but we changed our mind uh, midstream and decided to do River Raid, so that's why Rick was mentioning uh, Popeye and his feedback for the Defender episode. But yeah, I love the 5200 version of Defender. Uh, Steve Baker did one heck of a job. So it, it's really worth picking up for your uh, system if you uh, have a 5200. Now over on Facebook, we have Michael Dan Mike, I, I'm going to say their last name. Michael over on Facebook. I mentioned to Fur that this is one of my go-to games for the 2600. We're talking about River Raid. And probably my top five for the system can still play this game even to this day, and it feels as fresh as it did when it first was first released. Never really played it much for the 5200 other than the past few weeks. I do like the upgraded graphics and the addition of the balloon and shooting tanks. Unfortunately, as always on the 5200, the controllers make it a bit difficult to play, although there's not as bad as some of the other 5200 games. Yeah, you got to remember to center your stick so you don't just keep flying to the right or left. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, uh, Ryan Ryan runs into that uh, when he was, you know, we we started off with the with the Wicko stick, and then we we traded over because, uh, oh, who was it on? Uh, I gotta gotta page up here just a second here. I believe it was yeah, Jeremy Holloway. It's like uh, you're cheating. That's cheating using a Wicko. <laughs> 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 yes, I was. So, but uh, you know, it, it, he he made a really good point, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, we got to play these with the, with the with the actual controllers because again, you know, this old stuff, people are starting to go for it, and people are starting to spend more and more money on these things, and you know, it, that that's just the way it is with with low, low, uh, you know, uh, low quantity and high demand, price is always going to go up. So. Oh, yeah. You might have only access to the original 5200 controllers. So what does this thing play like? And, you know, Ryan's kind of sitting there and he's like, man, 
this thing doesn't uh, d- doesn't center like the other one. I said, yeah, actually, they're non-centering joysticks. And he was like, oh, well, <laughs> that solves that mystery. So, <laughs> <laughs> so once I mentioned it to him, he started playing a little bit better and everything. So start started working out well. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, this is you can't think of this as you know, blowing money on something. If you want, there's, there's a desire here to play it. This is all an investment. Worst case scenario, if you get a decent deal on, on purchasing stuff uh, out in the wild and stuff like that. um, And I think this kind of comes back to knowing what you're paying for, you know, should you be paying $200 for uh, a master play in box? You know, if, if you're a collector, a hardcore collector, you really want to have that old piece of equipment in your hands, then it's it's up to you. But, you know, there, there are so many vi- more viable options out there that, yeah, it's I'm starting to ramble now. So anyways, um, <laughs> what were we what were we talking about? Well, why don't you read the next two from Mr. John B. John B. Did I get those towards the end? Towards the end. Hold on here. At There's the Tim. End. Number eight, page eight. I'm, I'm flipping through all my, my, my pages here. I don't know if I have that. Oh, no. Well, I'll just do it then here. Yeah, I'll let you do it. Because, all yeah. right. This is from Facebook. John B. He writes, cool. Just start listening to your podcast and love it. I, too, grew up with a 2600 and never got a 5200. Had a ColecoVision, though. Then watched the Atari Game Over documentary and started collecting like mad. Got a 5200 and it is my favorite system. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks, John B. Thank you again. And then John B. wrote again. He has here, I do have a comment. I think you have touched on it, but people who play games that are my age, 44, are starting to diverge from new games. They seem to be going directions that are beyond me. I still have new systems, but I find that they are too involved and lack originality. I hear this from my friends, too. We have gotten into classic games for this reason. Yeah, with all the updates you got to do, the broken games you buy on day one, it has patches through the internet. It's kind of annoying. I hate turning on my PS4 to play a game and it says, oh, got to update the system. You can play in an hour. You know, Uh, it's, there you go. And, you know, I I plug in, I I even mentioned this to, to, to Ryan, because again, he's, he's one, he's my best friend on the planet and he's, you know, he's a classic gamer, just like me. Okay. Scamper on back to the woods, little buddy. <laughs> buddy. Um, you know, I plug in a game into my Atari. I flip the switch. It works within a 10th of a second. Oh yeah. Um, I turn on a modern machine and it's exactly what you said. Oh, hey, there's an update or a patch or blah, 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 blah. And now I got to wait, you know, an hour or two or three, depending on my Internet connection speed, you know, to, to play a game. What is this all about? Yeah. So there's there's something I don't want to say it's instant gratitude. Um, or I'm sorry, not instant gratitude, but instant gratification. Um, it's not that I think, you know, there's an expectation. You plug in a machine, you want to play it and off you go. And yeah. And th- th- that's what it was, um, you know, bugs or something like that inside the game. Um, it actually can kind of adds to the gameplay sometimes. Sometimes, not in the case of Battlefield Four on the PS4, or um, <laughs> or the Sword Quest series, <laughs> <laughs> which I think was a bug from day one. <laughs> <laughs> 
which Ferg just completed the uh, series on uh, the podcast he's doing. Yeah, I, I listened to that and I was like, you know, I, I, I had nothing to say on that. It was like, the, I, I thought the idea, the whole sword quest contest was amazing, but yeah, it just, it was just, oh man, the, these games. And I would just look at those, you know, look at the people who are able to figure these things out. And it's like, what? This is nothing but a logic problem. Oh my gosh. Mm. You know? Oh yeah. Oh well. But uh, that's the show, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to be on hiatus for just a little bit. Uh, RK is in the process of having a new house built, and he's very, very busy. So we're probably going to just put the show on hold temporarily. It won't be very long until RK gets all set back up again. And then we'll be back in uh, full force to putting out more 5200 podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah, I, m- I miss RK, I, but I, I know his pain. All I did oh, yeah. was just one room of my house and it turns out to be the most complicated room where <laughs> i also found out that you know i i actually act as my own contractor so i'm like okay hey you know i've done this for this i've done this for that a kitchen let, let me tell you folks um if you have a 1955 home and then go to remodel it you're going to find out a lot about washington state uh building code and law and you're going to find out about it really fast, uh, especially when I found out that if you move one electrical service outlet, wh- whether it be a switch or a plug-in, uh, you have to bring the entire room up to modern code. Mm. Yeah. 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 Ouch. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, and have you played Atari today? Take care, everyone. Stop the recording. Thanks for listening to the show. Music supplied by Technolax at technolax.com. The Atari 5200 Super Podcast is a proud member of the Throwback Network. Check out other great retro podcasts at throwbacknetwork.net. We're also a proud member of the Retro Junkie at theretrojunkies.com. If you wish to send us audio submissions or email, you can reach us at Atari5200SuperPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at The5200Podcast. If you want to check out the website to look at show notes, go to The5200SuperPodcast.blogspot.com. See you next time, and have you played your Atari today? It's a lot of fun. I mean, that's an editing uh... nightmare, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have a family or friends to hang out with. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and pop my uh, absinthe little candy that Ferg sent me. You still have... Are they any good? Yes. Are they? Yeah, they're good. I like they them. They taste like absinthe? Yeah, they do. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, they taste good, man. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> you see the picture I posted up on the Facebook page? I have not. Hold on. Yeah, I was asking, why is Captain Bog flying in from the left? Is he a maniac? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to listening to your show. Always do. Yeah. Thank you. What are you laughing at, Willie? <laughs> now I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just thinking I, of the, the, the precise, well-oiled machine that is the Atari 5200 Super I, Podcast. I like what you guys do, so... 
Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, Willie. It's just a big love in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll cut your grass, those... man. Hit the hang up button. All right. I'll see you guys later. Have fun. Okay. You as well. Take care, buddy. Thanks, guys. You too. Bye-bye. I like to play with things a while before annihilation.